0: What's going on, good people. Welcome to the first episode of Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure of the Year 2022. I'm Andrew Thompson, uh, but my usual co host, Martin Bushby, is currently out of town right now. He is celebrating his birthday. So, happy birthday to the go host, the one and only Martin Bushby. I hope you have a blessed one today, good sir. Uh, we're recording this on January 23rd, uh, and and this uh, podcast is going to be out a couple of days after that. So, yes, yeah, big shout out to Martin. Uh, happy birthday to you again, my man. Um, And, and joining me, for this episode, it is another goat, FIFA Lee, writer, co-creator of the Hall of Fame Distraction Podcast, currently establishing the for Overbook YouTube channel. My good friend, the man himself, Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, your official post wrestling debut, CM Punk. Pop, how you feeling? <laughs>
1: Andrew what's going on man Man, first guest of, of 2022 that's that's big I appreciate it happy birthday to Martin hope he's doing well wherever he's at celebrating so I appreciate it buddy uh you know I'm always happy to to do stuff with you happy to be here shout out to to everyone at post always doing great work especially yourself Andrew especially yourself
0: I, I, I had to get you on for the first episode of, uh 2022 once Martin uh let me know that you that he was gonna be out of town first person that came to my mind i was like got got, got to get the, got to get my man on one good time you you know, invited me on to the distraction <laughs> uh into the fightful platform uh an abundance of times always greatly appreciate it, and it's always fun you know chatting it up with you man and always doing these different uh projects and stuff you know just talk just talking some good some talking some good graphs and then sometimes talking about a whole bunch of other stuff i remember we did a on twitch <laughs> t- talking about you season uh was it season two or season three and we we, we we have a, t- a tentatively planned uh, atypical review that's in the that's in the can right now. We 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 gonna make that happen one of these days.
1: Yes, 100% percent. We're we're making that happen because <laughs> I've got a little bit more more free time now with uh, recording and stuff. So we we'll just got to figure out a time. We're both busy. Like people yeah. don't realize how <laughs> how busy we are, Andrew. You know, like
0: the, 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 <laughs> that 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 news writing grind is something different.
1: It is. It really is. It really is. And I mean, we we put a lot into it. So, uh, not not to put ourselves over or anything. But <laughs> we are we are the best at this shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, not one hundred percent on that, man. But uh, now today, Jeremy and I are going to be taking a look at WWE's No Way Out two thousand three pay per view uh, from the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Uh, but before we get into any wrestling, Jeremy, uh, the theme song for this pay per view, Evanescence wake me up inside your 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 immediate thoughts about this uh this glorious theme song
1: I heard this and I completely forgot that this was the theme for this. And I was like, oh man, I used to love this song. And then I remember that I heard it like 5 million times and I grew tired of it. Uh, And that's pretty much what happened here. But since I hadn't heard it in so long, I was like, oh man, this song is still great. Like it's still a good song. But I remember when that thing first came out, everyone seemed to enjoy it. And then they played it and played it and played it and played it. It's like, this song might actually be bad.
0: Yeah, man. Like well, I remember when I uh, immediately when I know the pay per view came on. I, I, that took me back to those uh, two two thousand three days. Uh, it, was, it was a good time at two thousand three, man. And uh, and of course at this point um, in WWE, they're uh, about a year into their inaugural brand split. Uh, the, the the draft lottery as they they first dubbed it. Uh, when you look at this brand split uh, right uh, at this point in time, that two thousand three period uh, where they were with that. And um and you know, sort of where we are now with the draft split like just, just from your um your perspective what do, what do you think things sort of went left like is it do you think it's because they constantly do it every year like and 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 also with the first draft like the, um that that happened in 2002, and I don't think the next one happened until like two thousand four like what, what what do you think like just over the years uh has sort of like just, just the the draft has sort of lost its luster and like what what do you some what, what do you sort of attribute that to?
1: Do we have a brand split? Andrew, (laughs) is is that I mean, Big E showing up on SmackDown? The Usos are showing up on Raw. Like, are are we sure that we actually have a brand like Kevin Owens is showing up on on SmackDown as well? Like, I don't think there is an actual brand split, and I think that's where everything's actually lost its luster is because they do the draft and they try to tell you the rosters are set, and then two weeks later, whether it's brand to brand invitational or whether it's just some arbitrary rule that they just decide, hey. We're just going to have this person show up. They they don't stick to the brand split. So why should anyone care about these drafts and these brand splits?
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think it's also um, just, just some along the lines of them like, like I mean, I I get them wanting to switch up the rosters every year. Like I I even remember that one year, I I, I think they did a shakeup and a draft in the same year. I I think they did it. Like when when you're constantly doing that, I I get wanting to quote-unquote keep the rosters fresh but i'm like especially at this point now where they are when, when you're constantly trimming your roster and you're constantly releasing people like it, it gets to a point like where it's like they have to do what they're doing now they have to keep bringing people over to different shows and uh you you know doing that thing where they what, what, what was the rule the, the quarterly um when the talent could come over or multiple times would come over per quarter yeah, or something that, like that. stupid rule so stupid <laughs> <laughs> but, but like it's uh like with, with them I think it's just a case of like them constantly uh, letting these abundance of talents go. So they're at a point now where, you know, you got to keep facilitating different talent from different shows in order to you, you, you know, keep, I keep certain storylines fresh. And then at the same time, you know, sort of add a little bit of buzz to uh, to each of the shows because it can get still, you know, seeing the same characters on television, you know, constantly 24 seven. So uh, yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I think the only way the best foot is that they they sort of did it to himself. So this is where they at now. But 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 we'll sort of transition out of for a little bit. Jeremy, two thousand and three, that was a great year for the film industry. I think we we had Freddy versus Jason, Scary Movie three, the 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 legendary Bruce Almighty, we had Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Two Fast uh Two Furious, Head of State school of rock and american wedding uh jeremy any uh fond memories from the pop culture scene uh from 2003 from you whether it be music uh film uh whatever you can remember what, what, whatever was popping in 2003 uh what, what, what can you remember from that time period
1: so oh, i i didn't know what what really came out in 2003 until you just brought back <laughs> all those those uh those movies there's like man head of state loved head of state this is i like, i think people people probably like I don't know how people feel about it. I love that movie. This yeah. was there in like Chris Rock's run where he was <laughs> putting out bangers every single year. Man, head of state was that. That was my shit right there. Uh, too fast, too furious. That one gets a bad rap, I think, but I enjoy that that movie um, in the in the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. I hadn't seen a few of those. Bruce Almighty. That was that was a
0: great, but that, great but that movie. Where Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty's instant classic. Instant classic.
1: Yes. Yeah. That, that movie, that movie is tremendous. Uh, get rich or die. Trying came out in 2003. Yeah. I mean, Damn. that pretty much defined the year, right? Fifties <laughs> album, like I, that's all I listened to all year was that, album. I remember having friends cause I, 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 I was the one who knew how to like burn CDs and everything in 2003. So huh. all my friends would come up to me like, you got to burn me a copy. You got to burn me. A... I skipped school early. Like I missed like first period ever anything at this time so my mom like i was like mom i I gotta be late to school i gotta go to target when it opens to get this 50 cent album back when you know you had to do this stuff and she's like you're not gonna miss part of first period for this i like no 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 mom you don't understand like i have to (laughs) i have to get this album immediately and she gave in because i'm an only child and i was a little bit spoiled in that sense but yeah i i missed part of first period to go get this album and then i did home that day i was burning it for all my friends so i was a little a little hooligan in that sense but <laughs> that album fucking ruled man
0: yeah that, that 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 definitely was 50s golden year right there. And the, like it, it's even crazy like seeing what he's doing now like he got like subsidiaries of like these different uh these, these different shows over on stars 50, 50 killing the game right now man but yeah definitely 2003 was one of those uh one of the glory years for pop culture in my opinion i got a lot of fond members from 2003 uh but sort of going back into the wrestling world jeremy uh, now, several weeks prior to this, uh, there's no way out show back in 2003, a uh, ring of honor held their one year anniversary show. Uh, you got the likes of call Cabana, the Briscoe, CM Punk, uh, Brian Danielson, who I know, uh, who, who you refer to many times as the goat. Uh, you got Samoa Joe was on that show. Uh, the late Xavier, uh, AJ Styles, Paul London were on that show. Um, over in Japan. Uh, at this time, I think Eugene Nagata was in the middle of his year long run as IWGP heavyweight champion and, uh, back on the stateside, side, uh, Jeremy, go ahead and take a wild guess, uh. Who, who was reigning as the NWA world heavyweight champion at TNA uh, at this time. Wow. Guess. Nick Alden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, you know, who, who was the, uh, who was the world champion over at TNA at this time period. And in, 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 in the middle of his, his, his uh, glorious run. G- GCW legend Jeff Jarrett. G- GCW legend Jeff. Jarrett. Oh, no, wait. Did, did you the, the the reaction? Uh, the reaction that you guys got when you uh put that article up on on, on Twitter. That was hilarious. That was hilarious, and, and it was it was kind of funny saying some people like legit get upset. I call it GCW.
1: Uh, I didn't see I didn't see the reaction. Just when Jared showed up on SmackDown, I typed in the chat. I was like, "Here's your headline. Like, <laughs> this is the headline you're going for." And, and Sean agreed, and uh, Gisberto actually wrote the article. Uh, but yeah, I, I knew that I knew that would pop on Twitter. So GCW,
0: dude,
1: dude, Jeff Jarrett is just a legend. Period. Like that TNA, that his NWA stuff when he was the world champion just a mess of stuff and i mean look we saw jeff Jarrett cosplayer triple h on this show doing uh <laughs> his best his best impression there um a mess of the stuff but like what a grifter jeff Jarrett is oh, selling oh, yes. gold bars now showing up in in gcw just an all-time hall of fame wrestling grifter
0: bro jeff, jeff Jarrett, i've I referred to him before as like one of the biggest finesses in wrestling like he he legitimately like when you yes. think about his career and like what he's done, and like where he's been, and like how the situations he's been able to get himself to and get himself out of, dude, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, all, all time Hall of Famer, all, all time. Like, and, and especially seeing what he's doing now with uh, with he, like, it, it, it's like I think it's at a point now. It's like, how do you not like Jeff Jarrett? Like, like, how do you how do you not like Jeff Jarrett, man? That dude is like he 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 he's he's funny, and, and I mean that in like a. uh not 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 like a a, a, like laughing at him type thing but i i I mean that more so of like like just saying like the amount of things that he's been able to do over the years and like the amount of and then he what what he's like uh he he has like staking like progress wrestling now over in the uk
1: yeah yeah he's tweeting about progress like everyone enjoy (laughs) the reboot and it's like huh jeff Jarrett's involved with the uk scene like what what are we doing here? He's gonna show up in progress uh, in the coming weeks. Smash mm-hmm. guitar. He's gonna win that world title. I, I, I was, I was boost, about to say that.
0: Right? I, I was just about to say that. He's probably gonna end up winning the world title. And then, uh, do, do I know it for real? I know the day we recording this. um uh is the GCW is gonna be having a Hammerstein uh Hammerstein show uh the the world on GCW. Would, would you be surprised if Jerry walked away with the W over uh over Effie?
1: I'd be a little bit surprised, but at the same time, like these book booked for multiple appearances, like they right. love doing that heat stuff. That's why Cardona got got the victory right mm-hmm. off the bat. So I could definitely see Jarrett like winning uh, with the guitar or something else and then Effie get, getting revenge later on. But Jarrett winning in Hammerstein, it does feel like they're going to do... We could look completely stupid by the time this comes out. Uh, it does feel like they're going to do one of Cardona or Jarrett winning just to get that Hammerstein heat because mm. one of them winning is going to to cause a meltdown in that place.
0: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I definitely agree. It's uh, it's, it's going to be a fun show, man. I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. I know you're going to be on, on the on the coverage, uh, but yeah, we, we definitely looking forward to the GCW Hammerstein show. And speaking of shows, let's finally dive into this show, Jeremy. No way out, two thousand three. 15,000 people in the bill center, but there is a little blizzard happening outside at the time uh, at the commentary booth. We got Jonathan, Jonathan coachman and Jerry Lawler for raw and on SmackDown, uh, in my opinion, one of the most underrated commentary teams, uh, Michael Cole and Taz, What we'll, we'll say you Jeremy, about the, uh, the team about Michael Cole and Taz.
1: I love Michael Cole and Taz. I mean, everyone has talked about how good Taz is. Um, in, in AEW and now like with mcafee michael cole seems very rejuvenated. he said himself that he he's revitalized and stuff this is a a younger michael cole working with with taz who's fresh off his in ring career and they both like cole is still fresh faced and everything he hasn't been running to the ground with the Coleisms and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh and taz, taz just brings a, a very good and unique insight to the booth i love this team it's one of my favorite teams in, in wwe and it's good to see now, Cole, Cole, back to kind of back to just having fun again, like he was here. Taz still doing his thing over in AEW.
0: Yeah, I, I think Taz has like a certain uh, authenticity to being on commentary. Mm-hmm. Like, he, it doesn't feel forced in the slightest. Like, he always feels like he's just free flowing. And it's like, no. And like, it, it, it seems like you can plug Taz to like any type of commentary team. and he mm-hmm. will always fit. And, and with Cole right now, I think you hit it on the head. I think Pat McAfee has like added that so, sort of same um same like uh excitement that that taz added to come to and just like that off the cuff you know just having fun saying wild crazy stuff making jokes you know me- messing with cole from time to time and like when, when he was with, when he was with Corey graves it, it, it seemed like they had like um like a good uh on-screen professional like chemistry but like with um cole and taz and like uh mcafee and, and cole it, it, it felt like they they have like a and and not saying that Cole and Corey don't have a friendship because I I have no clue of that. And I'm pretty sure they probably do anyway. But I mean like it just seems like they more like like buddy buddy, you know, like messing with each other, joking with each other, you know, making, you know, make making fun of each other in a lighthearted way, like and that just translates on screen. So yeah, I definitely agree that I think um, you know, colin uh Cole and Taz are like one of the probably probably one of the best commentary teams that, that WWE's ever put together and it just flow uh flow real naturally now, now this show took place on the, uh the no way out show took place on the 23rd uh i think it's a couple of weeks prior on the on the february 10th uh the world lost kurt henning uh who we all know as mr perfect uh he had just come back to wwe uh, at the 2002 Royal rumble pay-per-view um after nine years away uh 44 years 44 years old uh when he passed away jeremy any fond memories for mr perfect and um can, can you recall you know uh sort of so, so the sort of reaction you know when he uh when the news sort of made the rounds and, you know, became public that he uh, that he unfortunately passed away.
1: I saw the the sign in the crowd that uh, was a reference to, to Mr. Perfect. I think I think it was just like missing Mr. Perfect or, or Miss Perfect, something like that. Um, and, and so I, I didn't realize it was in that time frame until I saw that sign. I, I think the the go to when it comes to perfect is the the Bret Hart stuff. Any match he had with Bret was mm. tremendous. Or even now that like the GIF where he throws the towel onto Mister Hughes and just lands perfectly, like just an absolute legend. Th- those vignettes that he did throwing the football, the basketball, and everything. I don't really recall the reaction and stuff uh, around the time. I wasn't. Mm. I was online, but I wasn't super inundated in, into like the wrestling community right. and stuff. So I, I don't really recall every, all the reaction to, to, to his passing. I would imagine that it was a a lot of sadness and and fond memories of, of, uh, of Curt Hennig as it seemed like he was enjoyed by, by most people in in wrestling. So what he, yeah, like you said, he just kind of like tried to get on the comeback trail and stuff. And I don't know, I don't know how that was going to go, but you know, is just one of the one of those all time guys that if he was in this era would be probably appreciated a lot more, and he's already super appreciated now. But yeah. if he if he could have been in this era, have having some of those matches he had back then with the guys nowadays, like we'd would remember him probably even more fondly.
0: Yeah, for sure. And 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 him being forty four, man, that's young, man. That's so yeah. that, that's so young, bro. You you know what I'm saying? But for him to have the impact that he had he's like like he he still like very fondly remember to this day and even um you, you know you, you see uh, qu- quite often you know gifts and, and like like you mentioned videos and stuff of his floating around on twitter every now and then like his memory clearly uh, or his uh professional career clearly impacted a lot of people and um yeah uh, I I think it was um you know it, it's good to see that so many people still remember him you know in the year uh 2022 um you know after it being you know 19 19 plus years or you know 17 16 years since he passed away so yeah, shout shout out to Mr. Perfect man and the, the the amazing career that he was able to have and and, and providing us for, for for many gifts on on Twitter whenever we do something that's uh that that, that I see I see we remotely close to perfect. But uh, the the dark match before this show went live, Jeremy was uh Rey Mysterio versus Jamie Noble along with Nidia. Um, I, I I don't know if I don't know if that uh that aired on the um if they you, you, they had that option available on the uh on the peacock peacock service um, but I have uh, found uh the old. DVD that I had, and they had that match on the, you know, on, on, on the on the extra tape, and it, it it sounded like they had a little bit of uh, i do mean, not I, I don't I can't I, could, I couldn't tell if it, if the crowd was amped up, but you know WWE had the little uh they, they pumped a little bit of crowd noise in there. I don't know if they was doing that around this time, but it's it like the, the reaction sounded real force. I don't know what it was, but like but speaking about Jamie Noble um and, and his run with Nidia um I, I know for me, Matt, as a kid I, I was loving this shit. Like Jamie Noble and all, uh, you know his thing. Went, I don't know why I was entertained by this. But like, as far as you can remember, Jeremy, do you uh, did did you like uh, Jamie Noble sort of, you know, his character that he was presenting at this time? And do you feel like, you, you know, if he, I mean, I mean, let me, let me rephrase that. So like, even even when he went when he left WWE and went to ROH, he became world champion. So I, I mean, I really can't say that he uh, but like, like, do you think they could have been more for him in in WWE? Like, you think they could have moved into like. No intercontinental title or some or something along those lines, as far as you know, the the character he had on top of his in ring ability.
1: I don't know if he ever would have gotten to like an intercontinental title role because the the character that which I loved him and Nidia, that pairing was absolutely tremendous. He would do some some great. Comedy, comedy bits; those two together, and, and but that's probably that's sort of the issue, right? Is like they were very slotted as like comedy characters, and so it, it would be tough to say, especially this time where, uh, yeah, they were doing especially especially on SmackDown, like they had the the SmackDown Six essentially, and yeah. it was going to be very tough to to break through to that and get into that Intercontinental Title uh, spot there. So I. I don't think he ever would have gotten there at this time, but I did really enjoy the pairing. And like for the cruiserweight division, he was very fresh, and he, yeah. they weren't just going out there and doing match. Like they actually had storylines in the cruiserweight division, which we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> a little, uh, later on. Like it was, it was nice to see. It's like oh, they actually put some effort into this stuff. But I thought Noble and Nydia, they were always very fun with the the dynamic they had and the the skits they would do.
0: And and for the referee for that match was sylvan granier which was a very in uh, interesting to see him there he was going to return for the for the main event which we'll talk about but first up on the show jeremy uh we got chris jericho versus jeff hardy um you know before we get into the you know the nitty-gritty of the matching you know we uh, share some of my favorite uh thoughts from it and you know things like that Je- jeff hardy it, it seems like jeff hardy throughout his entire career has always been like one of the coolest wrestlers like to to, to ever do it it seems like jeff has endeared himself so. To, to so many people like even even seeing him now come out with you know with the face paint at this uh at, at this show isn't it kind of crazy to look back and, and see how he has sort of j- just maintained this certain aura and, and and that connection with the fans over the years
1: jeff and jericho like they're yeah they're kicking this off and and jeff is still one of the most b- beloved figures in, in wrestling jericho maybe maybe not for other reasons <laughs> but uh as far as like on screen stuff like jericho is still he's still there in AEW and he's still doing like main event stuff. He's still a weekly feature or weekly featured, uh, player on, on their television. And I mean, he's still doing good work in AEW for the most part. Uh, some of the stuff doesn't always hit with me, but like both of these guys still going strong almost 20 years later. And Jeff, yes. In particular, I was always the, uh, Jeff guy growing up out of the the two Hardy brothers. I feel like most people were, but he he just had that he had that connection, man. He'd come out and people would just always get behind him. And the face paint, the glowing face paint that he'd rub on his face and stuff for this, that was really sweet. Yeah. Um. He should he should definitely bring bring that back. I don't know how Jericho felt about it because it got all over the mat and all <laughs> over Jericho and stuff. So maybe that's why they had to knock it off a little bit. But the the glowing face paint that he rubbed on himself was was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and and, and you know I, I think everybody who listens to this podcast or has heard me speak about it before they know I'm not the a a, a a big uh supporter of uh, Chris Jericho these days. Uh just so particularly over the past two years. But you know, I, I think you do hit on a fair point that uh there's longevity there. Him and Jeff, you know, 20 years, uh yeah, but 17 plus years, 20 years, whatever it made be. 20, 20, plus years for both of them actually. So uh yeah that, that's that's no small feat to making in wrestling. And uh you, you know I, I just mentioned uh not to go too much on topic but like I was thinking about it last night I had caught like a piece of the uh, the indie wrestling Hall of Fame um, that that took place on the twenty second, and, and, and Lou Fisto, who you know she gave an, a, an amazing speech. You know she's been in the business for twenty plus years, man, and you know she was talking about you know some of the stuff that you know women had to go through, but she had to go through you know you know certain certain trials and tribulation that she you know she overpat like she came through and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, twenty years in professional wrestler, man, and you still walking straight uh, w- walking you know upright. I, I, I think that's that's a that that's a hell of a feat. You know what I am saying? Like to be to, to put your body through that and for you to come out on the other side and put for something to, st- to still be going and you know, still be you know, he- healthy to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a that's a blessing right there. And uh, that, that definitely something that shouldn't be glossed over. Uh, you know, e- even if I'm not fond of you, like uh, like a old, old old, Chris Jericho over there. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but we got uh, like another person in this match who uh, this is all like a little sidebar. But, but so somebody somebody else who was in this match along with Jericho and uh and, and Jeff Hardy is referee Chad Patton who is still with WWE to this day. De- this man is the literal definition of keeping a job. Um, but but yeah, Ch- Chad Patton is also uh <laughs> also still going strong to this day. But yeah, uh, do- during the match, I man, I was a real big fan of the um uh, of the finish. Uh, I'm pretty sure you were as well. Just knowing like sort of the so sort of like what catches your eye, professional wrestler like uh, the, the her Karana into the power bomb. You know Jericho submitted Hardy, yeah. with the walls of Jericho. Uh, not too long after that, um, what, what, what was some of your, your, you know, your thoughts about this opening match? Um, do you think this was like when you look at the overall scope of the card? You think this is the right uh, match to start to show off with?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, they're they're in Montreal. You get an immediate uh Canada pop with, with Jericho out there. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the heel. Uh, but yeah. he he gets he gets that immediate pop out there, and then Jeff Hardy even gets a, a good reaction, even though you know it's a bizarre world in, in Canada where they boo the Americans. Um, still they still have to love Jeff though. Mm. I thought both men worked really hard. I thought it was a very good match. I did love the ending because you don't see Jeff Hardy, I don't know how many times he's tapped out in his mm. career. I feel like it's not a lot. And so for Jericho to to get him to tap out here is a pretty big deal. I did love the commentary. They they immediately referenced Montreal, Montreal screw job, and, and Shawn Michaels plays into to the aftermath here. I did love that commentary was like, oh yeah, the the protege of of Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy. What a weird storyline that was trying to act like Jeff Hardy and Shawn Michaels are similar in any manner as far as like wrestling style and everything. Like I guess they took like risk, but as far as like how they would wrestle and presentation and stuff, they they were much different, much different wrestlers uh, yeah. out there. And like, we know Jeff Hardy grew up with like the Hardy boys and there was some Shawn Michael influence and everything. But like Michael J, Michael, Michael, Michael Hayes is who, <laughs> you know, he was under the wing of like, wasn't Shawn Michaels so much, but they, they tried to force that on us. And I don't actually think it led anywhere important.
0: And, and, and it was actually like a few months after this, Um, I think in April that Jeff Hardy got let go by WWE. He had, he was on the, uh broken skull sessions with stone Cold Steve Austin and you know he shared that uh he denied rehab you know for his addiction vice and you know he was very you know forthcoming and candid about you know he he you know used the term that he was into now and you know he was just you know sort of pushing it off. Um I'm like I'm pretty sure as we look at it now, like it's always good to see, you know, Jeff just just you know throughout his throughout his years and the stuff that he's able that he's been able to overcome it's always good to see him bounce back uh from from the problems, man. There's a long time watching the wrestling. Um it, it like it's it's just always good to see to see Jeff, you know, whenever you can to see him healthy and stuff like that, man, you know.
1: Yes, and it seems like he's doing doing well now despite everything that that happened with WWE in the, these last couple of months, but yeah. it seems like he he's doing well 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 now with the acoustic tour. I assume he'll pop up somewhere in wrestling here in the the next couple of months or so. He'll, he'll get a huge reaction, and hopefully just continues continues down that good path.
0: Him and Matt are scheduled for the big-time wrestling show in March, right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. yep. Cool, cool, yep. Cool.
1: I, I think he'll pop up elsewhere before before March oh, before that
0: event. 100%. Uh, but but, but uh, as uh, Jericho had tapped out, um, Jeff Hardy, he had him in the walls of Jericho, and he would not let go. But coming in for the save, Jeremy, with Shawn Michaels making his return to Montreal, uh, first time since the, the, the infamous screw job uh, is the reaction Shawn Michaels got in Montreal. Just, uh, you know, the simple case of time heals all wounds.
1: It, it was surprising that he got like a good pop. Yeah, they right? they, they like, pop, bro. They pop. Was,
0: <laughs> they pop.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, they can, they can lie and say like, they, they didn't like this man and, and whatnot, but like he got a good reaction here. And I didn't remember that this was his first time, like back in Montreal. I, the 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 memory that I have of Michaels returning to Montreal is during the Hogan feud where he mm. does that just tremendous tremendous promo where he just shits all over Montreal and Hulk Hogan and everything. And if you haven't seen this promo, by the way, just like Google Shawn Michaels Montreal promo. It's it's our YouTube. It it's it's an all time stuff from Shawn Michaels. And that's the memory I have of Michaels returning to Montreal. Not this, but yeah, he runs out and crowd crowd loved it they were popping for Shawn Michaels here
0: mm, the, uh, w- w- when was that uh w- w- when was that hogan that hogan uh promo uh,
1: when w- was, when was, that,
0: hogan was that that 05 yeah 05 okay. 05 it okay, cool, cool, cool. yeah he
1: comes it comes back to montreal he does the thing like hogan's music plays brett's music plays and shawn gets like the the scared look on his face and then he starts cackling <laughs> oh, yeah, cuz neither that. guy is there <laughs>
0: Yeah, man, but like uh like because the commentary they had mentioned it, they was like, Well, oh, this is his first time um back in Montreal since the since the school job. And I was like really, like you said, like 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 much like you were thinking, I was very surprised to see him get the reaction that he was getting. Uh but yeah, I, I do think it's a case of you know, maybe, maybe uh you you know they, they got when when Sean made his comeback, uh what was that 2002, the year prior you know, to see what he was doing and, yeah. you know, him winning the world title, you know, becoming the, the, the sort of good guy in everybody's face, uh, becoming a good guy in everybody's eyes. That sort of changed the perception. And, you know, when he finally made his return, um, you know, got the big, you know, got the big reaction. And of course him and Jericho, that was leading to them uh, at WrestleMania 19. Uh, a very fun match. Did, did, did you, uh, did, did you, from what you can recall, did you enjoy that match with Jericho and Sean? I know um both of them have spoken about it and said that was, they, they both said that that was one of their favorite matches uh, that they've had. And, and just in the, um, you know the history of their respective careers. On top of that, uh, that that, that great ladder match that they had—I I forgot what pay per view that was.
1: Yeah, that that was much later. the The ladder match yeah. in the feud when Jericho was the the champion and uh, Michael's wife got involved. What that was an all time feud. Uh, that was. Really, really, really good. Uh, as far as the, the WrestleMania match, yes, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I should probably go back and, and rewatch it. But I do remember really enjoying that that. I like. I feel like I liked all uh, 19's like an all time WrestleMania. I was like, I like all of WrestleMania 19. Like it's some type yeah. of hot take, and it's not at all like everyone considers it one of the best WrestleManias <laughs> of all time. But yeah, that match is is definitely a standout on a show that didn't have many misses.
0: Mm. And, and and then after this. They cut to a backstage segment with the reigning WWE champion and the current tag team champions. You got Charlie Haas, Shelton Benjamin, and the man himself, Kurt Angle. Jeremy, how, how great was Team Angle back in the day?
1: Today, they were they were fantastic. Like, Kurt Angle, an and all-time performer, and, and Haas and Benjamin, one, one of the best tag teams, one of the most underrated tag teams. And... Kurt Angle those guys everyone likes to to knock Shelton and and Charlie's like oh they don't have personality and stuff like Kurt Angle just brought the best out of those guys and those three on screen together were were very magical together
0: right and like I I feel like they all just had that like natural chemistry and and like you said I think you hit the nail on the head with Kurt was able to bring them up to the level like personality wise and and you know sort of I, I, outside of the ring, he was able to bring them to that level that they needed to be. Cause I I don't think it was any question that you know Sheldon and, and, and Charlie could handle themselves like in the ring. Like I think they were you know um, among some of the best you know just pure in ring talents that they had at the roster at the time. You know you could throw them in there and in, in that top ten easily. Uh, but yeah, angle winning on Montreal fans. Uh, called call them Canadians who want to be French. Uh, and then he described their opponents <laughs> as a as, as a walking gorilla and two Canucks. Uh, referring to Brock Lesnar and and Chris Benoit and uh, he has an idea, Jeremy, uh, that is going to give them an advantage. And we will see uh, what that was later on in the show. Uh, but with the next segment, we got evolution draped in leather. We got a Randy Orton, Ric Flair, uh, Big Dave Batista, and Triple H, the world heavyweight champion, uh, who is uh, in, in Montreal, Germany to continue his streak of trash matches with Scott, Scott Steiner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was the match when you said, Oh, yeah, we're, we're gonna review. No way out two thousand three. I was like, "What was on this card?" I thought this was the, um, I, I thought it was the NWO uh-huh. show, and that was the the year prior. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I thought when I, when I first saw it. And so I googled and I saw this Triple H, Scott Star, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm in. I gotta watch this this garbage again." And then the rest of the card filled out. But like, oh man, I was so excited to rewatch this match. I was really excited for it.
0: Yeah, and as Evolution walks away, they as Evolution walks away, they panned away from the camera, panned away from them. The camera zooms in on a, on a on a certain pickup truck stone cold Steve Austin is definitely in the building uh I, I think Austin appeared if I'm not mistaken I think he appeared at at the he appeared at a Raw but it was a it was a dark segment it wasn't live and he confronted Eric Bischoff um I think like a week prior or like two weeks prior or something like that. Um but yeah that, that this this was his his first um you know appearance that was broadcast uh and but he had appeared I think like a, a, a couple of weeks prior. Uh, after a raw and he got a fucking massive reaction and he got a massive reaction when he showed up uh, tonight too. But Jeremy, do you, do you have any recollection of the, uh, the, the raw magazine interview uh that, that Austin did upon his return? Uh, He, this dude, like he, he, oh, he, he trashed Terry, which was the first thing that sort of stood out to me when I, when I, uh, <laughs> when I, when I, when I found this article, but he, he was just explaining like, you know, what led to him, you know, wanting to like step away from WWE the year prior and like how he was, you know, real, like, you know, he felt like his character was stale and, you know, he wanted to do something a little different. He felt like he he sort of got away from what the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh character was about when he, you know, aligned with Vince McMahon and stuff like that. Uh, when you hear some of those comments, how, 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 did, how did you personally feel about Stone Cold, like sort of, you know, early uh 2002 and, you know, of course, the, the year prior when he had the thing with Vince McMahon? Like, did you feel, uh for, from a fan's perspective, uh, from what you can remember, like looking back, you know, hindsight type thing, did you feel like Austin was kind of, Getting still or he, or he, you know, was sort of moving away from you, you, you know, what the Stone Cold Steve Austin character was about, uh, and you know that eventually led to him, um, you know, to deciding that he didn't want to, you know, do the, do do the honors for Brock Lesnar uh, at at that uh, King of the Ring qualifying match.
1: Austin was always my guy growing up during during that era. Uh I was always more Austin than, than Rock during their feud and everything. So yeah, when he turned heel, I was like, oh man, this this is uh something different. And right. I, I I liked it. I enjoyed the segments. I thought Austin was very good in those segments with like Vince and, and Kurt and everybody. Uh, but it certainly wasn't the the Stone Cold character. And I remember popping so much during the invasion angle when like the old stone cold came back, he pulled up in the truck on raw and was just whooping ass on all mm-hmm. the invasion guys, handing out stunners. Everybody was like, Oh yeah, this is the Austin that I, that I know and love right here. Hey, I was not plugged in too much online at, to in the, in the wrestling world at during this time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like know the full details of, they want him to lose the Lesnar and he's like, nah, that doesn't work for me. And you know, he left, but like now looking back on, him, am like, yeah, he shouldn't want to do that. Like he's Steve Austin. What are you going to go out there cold and, and lose this, this match for like, Lesnar's already pretty established here. There are other ways to do this than like just beat Austin cold like this. And, you know, more guys should kind of have that uh, thought process mm. nowadays. I'm not saying you got to go and, and take off or anything like that, but, you know, push back a little bit when they tell you to do this dumb stuff that doesn't make sense for your character. I don't think anybody's going to, going to be able to do that. Nobody is certainly in the position that Steve Austin was in at the right. time, but right. you, know, you know, like looking back on it, it's like, yeah, this, this totally makes sense. I, I don't blame them for doing it.
0: And you wanna know what's crazy? Like this, this, like just came to my mind as you were saying that. Can you imagine if, uh, if like, like, like a you know, like a Bray Wyatt would have sort of been like, like if they if they would have tried to throw, like when he was the fiend, if if they would if if he would have if, if when they would have tried to throw him into that universal title picture, like a month after he uh brought the character to or uh, like the on screen TV, like if he'd have just been like, nah, I'm you know, how about we stay away from that for a little bit? Like how they could have changed the direction of how things. I'm not saying everybody would have been on it because I'm I, I know it was a bunch of people out there that was not. Uh, too fond of, of the fan character and then you also had your portion of the audience that really did like it but if if he would have sort of if, if he if he had the ability i should say to you know be like ah, i you know I don't, I don't really feel in that like because they like and i, I know we going into a whole different topic but like i, I feel like they with him the the the, the missing thing was or, or the miss was when you have a character like that I, I feel like throwing them into a title picture really pigeonholes them and it puts them in a weird position Cause like, what, 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 why would that character ever care about winning the championship? Like, what, what does that championship do for said character? And and, and of course, they had that big miss uh, at the what was that Hell in the Cell pay per view, and then they would fucking put the title on them like what a couple weeks after. Like, why you ain't just put the title on them at the the, the Hell in the Cell pay per view? And like, I, I feel like I feel like they did double damage with that with with, with Rollins and uh with, with Rollins and with Bray Wyatt.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Just completely messed up everything. With with the the fiend and then also also Seth Rollins and yeah if you know Bray pushes back I mean we we kind of see what happens when when maybe he did push back a little bit and like hey this this is just dumb and they're like right. well <laughs> attitude issues you know they right, like that right whole,
0: exactly they like that whole story <laughs> so
1: guys just aren't in that position where they can just like leave and then go away because we've seen like they needed Austin. Austin's one of the biggest straws of all time. They're not mm-hmm. just gonna be like, Oh yeah, go away. Especially, you know, now back then there was no, no competition for Austin to walk to.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so it was a little bit easier for, for them to be like, all right, yeah, take some time, cool off. And then, and then come back. Uh, you know, nowadays if somebody pushes back, it's like, all right, we have no problem releasing any of these people. And right. if they don't come back, that's fine. We'll just plug somebody else in into the machine. So it probably wouldn't have worked out well for Bray, but it, or, or Seth, but yeah, it should have been a thing of, and let's, let's try to go in a different direction here and let's uh slow build this a little bit.
0: And, and, and next up on the card, we got Rob Van Dam and Kane challenging William Regal and Lance Storm for the world tag team titles. Uh, Jeremy, as, as news writers, I, I think, I think you'll agree with this. Rob Van Dam and Bret Hart interviews are, are none, <laughs> the, the, the best interviews to cover. <laughs>
1: I, I think i think you've said this of like you just watch the van damme videos and you just like wait until he rolls <laughs> up and then like because he has no he has no problem doing that just like while he's on video screen he's like yeah hold on one second let me like this right quick yes uh yeah just a tremendous personality rob van Dam and brett you're just waiting for him to bury somebody <laughs> which is always great
0: bro in every interview bret hart is either trashing goldberg or oh, he got something to say about somebody but i'm, I'm telling you in every Bear heart interview goldberg is catching a stray like it, it it might not be like this long oh, form. yeah it, it, might, it might not be like this long form thing but like i'm it, it's, it's some way he is going to throw a stray at goldberg
1: yes i it, it's so random some of the stuff there's one where he's just like he, he's talking about no i don't even think it was like a wrestling question and he still just like turns it back around into a wrestling question it's absolutely true or into like a goldberg burial it's it's tremendous what a what a great man bret hart is
0: yeah and, and then of course like you mentioned with rbd like every interview this dude does uh he he's, he's rolling up I, I think rbd is at that stage of his life where he is just like look this is me if y'all don't like it, don't interview me. Like that's the type of thing it is. RVD I mean, is very like uh he he's cool as hell in these interviews. Like he ain't like one of those people that's like uh you know very like guarded. He's like very open. But RBD just chilling in the background. You know he got his joint in his hand. He relaxing. So yeah, that that's uh, a that, that's definitely two of my uh, favorite people to uh to to cover when it comes to news writing. Uh, but yeah, J- Jeremy, I got I got a uh, uh I got a bit of something to tell you. I was a big fan of the um the Americans with, with William Regal uh landstorm even uh, dating back to 2002 when it was christian of all I, I always liked this group. I, I don't i don't know what it was i think it was the theme song i i think i really liked that too when i was uh when i was a kid but also i did like the wrestling you know but, and especially looking back at it now uh and when it comes to this pairing with with, with regal and landstorm i felt like they were very, very 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 great wrestlers just sound technical wrestlers man um and, and all that stuff holds up well uh we 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 talked about it on your show um a little bit over on the uh the the fight for youtube channel um it, it, like I, I think it happened on the day when we recorded. Uh, but like now that you you know you sort of had the time to like think about it a little bit and sit on and and, and hear different uh the different takes. Uh, what, what what do you think about you know uh WWE uh you know opting to let go of William Regal?
1: Stupid, <laughs> like just really. It was stupid then, and it's stupid a couple weeks later. Just really stupid. Um, I mean Regal, his mind, his connections that's a guy that seems pretty tough to replace and they feel they can replace him. And I think Regal walks into any company he wants to walk into gets a job there and turns can turn that place around pretty quickly. If he has the control that he probably should be given. And we will see what that is in in the coming, I assume he has a 30 day. So in the, in the coming weeks here, but yeah, really dumb decision on their part and it just goes to show that like they they think they can replace anybody to do mm-hmm. anything and at the end of the day they'll probably keep making the same money they've been making so they feel justified in in that in that thinking
0: yeah i, I definitely think brie is going to be one of those uh people like if, if he chooses to continue in the in, in the wrestling space and you know help out the promotion or help out the company he's going to be a massive asset like you can't you 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 can't shape or or, or like try to like randomly create that type of experience that he has. And, 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 you know, the like the manages like world travel, like, and he's been doing this for 20 plus years. I think even 30 at this point, like you, you like Regal has a wealth of knowledge to give. And I, I think he would have been very very crucial or, or if he wasn't already to that NXT two brand with some of these people that you bringing in who literally have no wrestling experience but that 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 that's a whole that's a whole different uh, conversation that we can have but I like, continue you on the topic of Regal Jeremy did, did you notice that Regal suffered a concussion during this match like right after the power slam? Did you notice that immediately?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he he was completely knocked out. And then when uh, Kane goes to, like, pin him, you can tell Regal can't can't get the shoulder up until Storm has to come in. And they basically have to drag Regal into the – throw him into the corner so he can tag out and everything. And commentary even even mentioned – they didn't say, like, he suffered a concussion or anything. But they showed the replay of him, like, his head hit not yeah. good on, on that power slam. And he was out of it. Credit to him uh, to continuing – uh, it made the the match a little disjointed, and Kane and Van Dam didn't have like the the best chemistry in the world anyway. They were they were thrown together because they both got buried by Triple H, and they said, "Well, we to <laughs> do it with these guys now. Let's just team them up." Uh, and that, that's how that's how that all worked. I liked Regal and Storm as a team. This was not their their best effort because of uh, Regal kind of getting knocked loopy there, and you know not being able to. To continue, probably in the manner that he wanted to. Let storm look good
0: though. Yeah, that, that opening exchange that uh, storm had your RBD that that was a really cool exchange they had. Uh, but yeah, th- this one ended up being William Regal's his last um, his last match until uh, June two thousand and four. Uh, Regal was out for uh, or, 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 or it was either mid twenty twenty four or I mean mid, I said twenty twenty four mid two thousand and four or uh, summer two thousand and four. But yeah, Regal was out. Full, full year after this man he stepped away I, I think he appeared a couple times uh on television anyway like but he wasn't um he, he wasn't wrestling and they, I, he had commented on it one time and you know he said that he had like body swelled up um he had trouble sleeping you know he, his heartbeat was beating uh you know insanely fast man his heart rate was insanely fast like regal was he, he was having some real troubles uh com, coming out of this concussion um but yeah but yeah, we we, we, we I, th- I think it's a a big point to sort of mention and, and you talked about it with him continuing in the match like for regal to have suffered a concussion it 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 did seem like at one point he uh, or at some point during the match he really did st- start to get like his wits about him and he started like moving like sort of in a not, he wasn't all the way there but like you could tell like he he had like some idea of like what was going on and he, like he was still able to do certain stuff i think that's a credit to regal man to be able to you know essentially pull that off while you know you literally just suffered a concussion
1: yeah, yeah, it was it was tough. I was a little shocked that he was able to continue the way he did, but again, credit to to Regal, who's just a pro's pro.
0: Yeah, and, and I really like the finish to this match, man. Um, where, where, where Landstorm, he turned really.
1: He like, yeah,
0: you, you 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 didn't like the finish.
1: Oh, this finish was <laughs> it was different. I'll give him that, but. How stupid this thing was! So, so stupid to me. Like, why would you just choke slam the guy? Like, I don't know. They, no, I didn't like this finish at all, man. His mask is turned sideways. Uh, and then he just choke slams Van Dam because the storm pushed him into him. It's like, oh, there we go. It's like. Kane's just, just an idiot. It was
0: creative. Uh, I'll uh, give him that, but it you, was it was you, dumb. Okay. Okay. You, you know what? I, I, I will give you this. <laughs> they 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 did make Kane look like an idiot. Like he he definitely had dumb baby face syndrome right here. No, no question about it. Like okay, so now now not, not that you say that because that cause it, it's a it's a fair point to make me sort of uh sort sort of rethink it. It's a I, I, I still like the finish, but I think you added a fair point with he definitely had dumb baby face syndrome because like he just like, I, I mean so so basically what happened for, for, those, for those who don't remember uh landstorm he he had turned kane's mask around like he got a hold of him and like he like shifted it and kane couldn't see so uh when, when rbd was uh rbd had just taken out william real i believe and landstorm had went up behind rbd and pushed him the cane, and kane couldn't see grabbed the first thing he felt and then he chokeslam rbd uh landstorm went over there and pushed kane out of the ring or, or push him down and then william real came over there and grabbed the pin uh the, the Jeremy definitely has a fair point when he says that this was pure dumb baby face syndrome, you, you know, with, with the, you know, baby face just doing the most like r- ridiculous thing or, or like s- typical WWE thing. But I, I, I think it was like, I I, I, did, I think it was like a creative way to like sort of go about the match Kane, and, sort of te- and sort of tell like... Kane um...
1: couldn't tell
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kane couldn't
1: tell that like when he, when he grabs the choke slam, he couldn't tell I don't think mean, he had the gloves on, but like Storm and and Regal don't have singlets on their back. When he grabs the man's back, you can't feel the singlet. They're like, "Oh, maybe this is my tag team partner because I feel the singlet here."
0: And and, and then I I, I, I th- <laughs> and I think RBD, he he like yelled too when, when he did it, right? Like when he, when Kane grabbed a hold of him. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. But yeah, that definitely uh that, that yes. that's that, definitely a case of, of of WWE babyface um you you know get getting in the cane right there. Um, but yeah, this feud it, it did sort of continue into WrestleMania. Um, Kane and RBD, they lost to Storm and uh Chief Morley. <laughs> what a, Chief Morley, Val Venus, ladies and gentlemen. Uh what what, what, what an appearance of Val Venus on this show. And uh Val has sort of lost his shit these days, but it's okay. You know, it's all it's all good. Val. We all we all have our moments. Uh but yeah, uh, on, but they lost to uh Chief Morley and, and Lance Storm on the on the WrestleMania 19 pre show. Jeremy, did you know that they got bumped to the pre show for the middle light catfire girls?
1: Yes. Yeah, I've I've heard that story. I think all, all of them have, have mentioned it through, throughout various points in different interviews. Uh, you know, they don't care about tag team wrestling. You got to have the, the catfight girls on there.
0: And, and, and after this match, oh, oh yeah, uh, Rob Van Dam and Kane, they had a little bit of uh, tension in the ring. RBD was not happy that uh, Kane chokeslammed him through the mat and cost him the match uh, in the world tag team titles, uh, world tag team title opportunity. So yeah. I don't blame him do no, don't blame I don't blame it all either, man. But but yeah, Joe, I think you really had a fair point. This was a uh, like it's it's a, a two sided coin to it, man. I did like the finish because I think it was like creative in a way, but also at the same time, it's like what, what you usually would see of a baby face when it comes to like WWE and their product They're just like oblivious to certain things. But I I, I, did, I did like the finish. I did I like the finish. I can't say and say I didn't. But uh, he- heading back to the backstage area, man, we got a little impact wrestling love, man. We got Matt Hardy and Josh Matthews. While uh, while Josh was interviewing Matt. Matt had spotted his brother, Jeff Hardy, who had just lost in the opener, uh, as we talked about to Chris Jericho. He walked up on Jeff and decided to talk a little trash, man, and Jeff popped him one good time. Uh, Matt had to bounce back, though, Jeremy, because he had a match coming up literally next for the Cruiserweight Championship against Billy Kidman, who, Jeremy, I will down this hill, and said Billy Kidman had one of the greatest theme songs in the history of pro wrestling. Oh,
1: yeah. I- <laughs> yes.
0: i say uh, I-, I really enjoyed uh, Billy B- 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 Kidman's theme song, man. That-, that That was a hit. And I don't think he, I don't think he deserved it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think he deserved it, but you know what? Billy Kimman probably a cool dude, so I'm gonna let it go. Uh like I, I don't know why. Like <laughs> like like for, like, for you like
1: this man has a cool theme song, they should have used that on someone better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but, That's Kim, what you're saying, Andrew. But, 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 <laughs> Billy Kidman had a great theme song, bro. But I, I just don't think he deserved it. I, I really don't. I don't think he deserved it. It was a great theme song though. And but for some reason, when I was a kid, I legit thought this was DMX. Like, I, I don't know why, why, what in my mind led me to think this was DMX, but, like, I was, like, like, like when, when I, whenever I heard this, I legit thought that Billy Kidman had DMX, like, on the track. So I thought that was, like, what, like, the coolest shit. But, yeah, uh, so, so speaking of interest in did you always like the uh the interest in character? Did you always enjoy the version one? Uh, And, and, and I, I guess uh, uh, an addition of Matt Hardy's, you know, personas throughout the years is that one that always sticks out to you when you look at uh, Matt's portfolio work, the version one character?
1: Oh yeah the the version 1 stuff was the the mat facts were were tremendous i did like that um that the when he would come out like the the entrance of like buffer and stuff at times it would be like a little <laughs> choppy to to show like oh yeah it's like the internet acting up like that was always that was always great matt hardy like people talk about the the evolution of, of like Chris Jericho and how he keeps it fresh and everything. Matt Hardy was very good at just reinventing himself over the years and keeping the the character fresh and doing different things.
0: Mm.
1: And like, he gets, he gets credit for it. I think some people give him like, they 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 focus a lot on his misses particularly the the beginning of aew with the mm. broken stuff but like he's very good at like pivoting and, and staying fresh and like that's how he's just been around and been in a, a high profile position for so long is because he was just always very good at like all right what's working what's not working let's get away from that let's let's move on to and try something different and the the version one stuff was was good shit from Matt.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, how, how how long do you think it'll be before WWE brings back the cruiserweight championship? <laughs> like, like currently, <laughs> Cause, cause they 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 just got of it. it it seems like they bring this thing back like every every now and then. Like, how, how how long would you give it before they eventually try to bring back the cruiserweight title?
1: They'll give it a year. I do. <laughs> I think they'll give it a year, and then they'll yeah. they'll bring it back. They're like, oh, yeah, let's just introduce this this cruiserweight championship and. Uh, They'll they'll pretend like they care for two weeks and then they'll <laughs> quit caring again. Yeah,
0: but uh, d- d- during this That's how match, usually goes during this match, man. I was uh I was dying laughing at Cole. He was listing off all the countries uh that 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 is available in, and and he had mentioned the UK. And Tad said, "Hey, man, don't forget about England." And Cole said, "That's the UK." And they had to, like this <laughs> the, 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 the split moment aside, but it was hilarious, bro. That, that was an all time elite moment right there. But uh, the, the end of the Hardy Kidman match, man. I saw Shannon Moore. He grabbed uh Kidman's foot while he was going up for the shoot star press. Um, and you know, Hardy hardcore, Kidman off guard. He went up, hit the twist of fate off the top rope, um, and then Matt went on to have a four month reign as cruiserweight champion. Uh, a, a, another solid match right here, huh, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. I love the it's a, it's a, the easiest storyline to do with the cruiserweight, and they they've run it so so many times. I mean, uh, Bud Bat just did it not too long ago. But like the bigger guy cutting down to the cruiserweight limit. And then you know, going after the title, like that's such an easy cruiserweight storyline to do that actually plays into the weight limit. Uh, and I'm sure when they bring the cruiserweight title back in a year, they'll they'll run that storyline. But I, I loved it with, with Matt Hardy; he was he was great in in that role.
0: They they, they did that with Buddy Murphy too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that that's cool. And, and I, I think like just to uh, hit on what you said, like I think that's something that they could keep. They keep reusing, you know, with, with the guy who's sort of, uh, you know, trying to cut weight and stuff like that. And, you know, he ends up just like dominating, you know, for, for most of the division. And, you know, he has that one opponent who, you know, t- takes it to his limit, like how Buddy Murphy had Mustafa Ali and Cedric. So I think that's a, you know, a, a, a always easy uh, go to storyline for the cruiserweights. Uh, but backstage, Jeremy, somebody has put Edge in a pack. My man is laid out backstage. Uh, <laughs> Brock, Brock, Brock is trying to act like he cares. Um who would do such a thing to Edge, Jeremy? I I think we just heard that Kurt Angle said he had a plan to take them out after this uh the, the uh, before their six man tag. Uh, but but th- but this was actually done uh to write Edge off for neck surgery. He he took time off and he he was uh, I think his last match um was probably like I think a week before this pay per view or, or, or several weeks before this pay per view. Um yeah, Edge had um he actually commented on this story and like it was more so like I I I think that he thought that when he came back um from from that next surgery that it was gonna be something along the lines of like maybe he ended up feuding with Brock or Benoit who he uh who who, who were there like, you know, when when, when the whole attack happened or, or when when the cameras found um, when when the cameras panned to the backstage area and they had just laid out that's who was uh that's who was there. And this is a quote they did an interview um with Brock Lesnar guy actually doing a meeting greet, which was uh which was kind of funny uh he said yeah i think they just dropped it because they didn't think people would remember it. and i can't remember if the plan was either Benoit or brock uh maybe they went to something else uh, i don't fully remember the reasoning um but well i mean when you look at it i think things worked out kind of you know they think things worked out kind of good for edge he went over to raw and became the whole rated all superstar and then I, I don't think not too long after that uh he became world champion jeremy
1: yeah, I, the the implication was certainly that it was Team Angle because because mm-hmm. they had the plan and everything, and so the fact that they didn't really have a follow up on it didn't matter too much because we just were all like, okay, it was Team Angle. They took him out to to give him the advantage, and and that was that. So I don't think people would have even like known that there wasn't a follow up if Edge didn't you know run his mouth and be like, yeah, they just didn't follow follow oh, it up. Right. I don't like Edge. I'm glad he wasn't <laughs> in this match
0: but uh c- coming up next jeremy undertaker versus paul white what a match what a match man what a match <laughs> and i mean that with all sarcasm intended Anybody that's listening uh the, the story in this match uh what was big show took him out uh undertaker came back at the royal rumble um show and uh paul white and, and, and paul Heyman were playing mad games on the weeks leading up to no way out uh they, they brought out brian kendrick as a as a peace offering type of thing he was, had this man literally riding a tricycle to the ring to try to stop Undertaker from, you know, taking action against the big show. They had Bruce Prichard, uh come out with, as, as brother love. But, uh, do you, do you me on a more serious note, I think this was something that really, uh, the, the next thing I want to mention is something that really, you know, sparked the conversation. And we, we even saw this uh, dove deeply into on Dark Side of the Ring uh, was, was Chris Canyon and his segment with the Undertaker. Um, I, I think hindsight being 2020, this was extremely distasteful. Um and, and we, like we, like I just mentioned we 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 had we had saw this like sort sort of like really spotlighted on the dark side of the rain show and we saw the lights of the young bucks and you know different other uh talents comment on this um Jericho commented on it um you know had Chris canyon coming out of the box you know singing Boy George you know do you really want to hurt me and you know Undertaker beat the shit out of him with the chair and you know like it, it, like so, some of these chair shots were just like it was like I right, bruh like it was like what, when you look yeah. when you look when you look back at this man like it. And I mean, I'm pretty sure, like you know, back then, like you know, you're not thinking about like, like you you know, like basically, uh, you, you know, what what we found out, like, so sort of like it being insinuated this was like a personal, um, attack on Chris Kane, you know, for for him being for him being a gay male, and and, and I I just like when, when you look back at this stuff, man, and like you look at it with 2022 eyes or 2021 eyes when that uh, episode came out. Bro, it, 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 it's fucked up. Like, I think that's the the only way to put it. Like, I don't think anybody deserves to be treated any kind of way or unfairly just because of their uh, respective sexuality. Like, that's that 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 shit is not cool, man. And and like, you know, like, I don't I don't think there'll any there'll ever be anybody to come out and like, you know, concrete admit like sort sort of like what was being implied with that thing. But like, Jeremy, all, all the signs was like sort of like right there in your face, bro.
1: Yeah, 100%. And like like you said, Undertaker's not going to come out and be like, "Yeah, I got orders to right. to do this because of this." Like that's just never going to happen. Um and I'm sure at that time they they were probably just like, "Oh, you know, lay it in, make it look good right, and right. all of this stuff." But we kind of know enough about the the history of wrestling and everything that kind of goes into it and the way they would haze and punish people and things and they're like, yeah, there's probably more to this than just, Hey, this is a wrestling segment. Make sure it looks good. Especially all the, the stuff that came out on dark side and, and whatnot when it, when it comes to, to Chris Canyon in particular. So it looking back now, very tough to watch right. back then, you know, I was naive to it is just right. like, Oh, okay. You just, you know, it, it was a good segment. Mm. Um, and, and that was kind of, that was kind of that. So, but yeah, it was watching this video package, it was like, oh man. Right. And they didn't even show like the worst of it in this video package. They just kind of showed so it was like, oh man, this not good at all. But no one's gonna defess up to oh, like, yeah. the actual intentions of it were. And I truthfully hope that like it was just it's a wrestling segment, make it look good. And it just happened to be Canyon. But we again we know enough about the the underbelly and the seediness of of wrestling in WWE to where it's like, eh, it's probably more than that
0: yeah man uh I'm, I'm i'm glad that you know he was able to have his story told to 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 to, to, to like on a on, on a bigger scale i i guess is the right word you know and to, to some extent you know i'm pretty sure it's a lot more stories that people have of uh uh great memories that people have of canyon out there man but um yeah very, very unfortunate man to see how you know things you know ended up being man uh, i i i didn't get the chance to watch canyon um you know like as he was like when WCW and you know like he had a lot of praise he don't he heaped on to him uh, for his ring abilities. I didn't get a chance to see um you know to see that but you know he, hear a lot of great things man and uh yeah uh you know blessings to his family and his loved ones uh but like for for the match uh Undertaker versus Paul White slash Big Show um I I, I think one of the one of probably one of the funnier moments of this match journey because for real for, but for, I don't think it was like much to this match it was just like ah eh. but but like one of the funnier moments was when uh Matt Bloom uh atran at the time he came out and uh tried to help big show uh, undertaker did a dive over the top rope and matt bloom left paul Heyman to take the brunt of undertaker <laughs> like like dude, dude completely sidestepped undertaker and left paul Heyman. undertaker laid laid uh landed flat on the stage uh that was probably one of the uh probably one of the uh, funniest moments of the match probably my favorite moments of the match um like it, it, any highlights from, from from this match from you because it, it, it was but for me, bro, it was just like, ah, eh, you know, I it, you know it was kind of one of those things, like one of those matches mm-hmm. where I was like kind of on my phone for the most of it.
1: I will say that one, Michael Cole confirmed that Undertaker is human. So even though he is, <laughs> he is a dead man, he, he mentioned that Undertaker is human and he does feel punishment and stuff. So maybe if it was a different gimmick, he wouldn't feel that punishment. Um so so that stood out to me, Michael Cole's commentary. I didn't think like the match was bad; it was just way too long. Like, I don't need a fifteen-minute Undertaker Big Show match, all right? Like, like can can we shave like cut this in half and you got a much better match? But if they worked hard. The yeah, crowd yeah. was into it. Undertaker with his shitty triangle choke that doesn't look like he's gonna choke out anybody got the victory. This is when Undertaker was watching a lot of like Pride DVDs and stuff. It's like, <laughs> oh man, you know, we gotta we gotta throw out some some Fedor moves and, and things like that. He's watching chocolate L tapes, throwing those strikes uh, and everything. But I didn't think it was terrible. It was just can we can we cut that that dive stood out to me as well. It's like, oh man. <laughs> Bloom was just like, "Air hey, Paul, you're taking right.
0: this." But, he, but Matt Matt Bloom sidestepped the shit out of Undertaker on yeah. that. Like it, 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 it was funny as hell. And Paul took definitely To the uh, to the most of. But like as Jeremy mentioned, uh, his, his shitty triangle tri- triangle choke. But like, uh, it's yeah. so
1: bad, <laughs> so bad. But, but,
0: but uh, after diving uh, to the outside, um, uh, Paul White of uh, Big Show chokeslam him. Uh, uh, when, when he went for the pin, uh, Undertaker kicked out, and that later. Uh, led to Undertaker uh, transition into a, a triangle choke um, and Taker submitted him. uh Post-match, uh, Taker was going to introduce uh, Big Show's cranium to a nice steel chair, but Matt Bloom stopped in and hit him with the, the what Cole described as the derailer finisher. Uh, Trivia question, Jeremy, real quick. Who helped Undertaker defeat uh, A-Train and Big Show at WrestleMania 19?
1: Uh, Nathan Jones, right? yeah, look at that. Look at that. Look yeah. at you. Look
0: at you. That was story. that was a
1: very famous thing where Nathan Jones came out and then, then, then did like nothing after
0: <laughs> But did, did you know that, um, that that he like on, on what when he quit WWE, when they went on an to overseas tour to Australia and then he just told them that he wasn't getting back on the plane?
1: No. So they told, they told him what now he oh, he's going overseas.
0: And they were just like, no, you're, yeah, you're done. That, no, they, uh, no, no. He, so, so they, they went overseas, um, for a tour of Australia and, and Nathan's from Australia. So when it was time to go back to the States, he just told them that he wasn't getting back on the plane and he was done. Like he was under contract and everything oh. to stop and and, <laughs> and, 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 uh, like it, it was the case of like, um, cause when I had spoke to, uh, James Tillis, the uh, former security guard for WWE, he said that, he said that mm-hmm. wasn't no, nobody going to tell nathan anything otherwise so so it was like yeah hey, you know i guess he's <laughs> hey, bro Did you? he was like he was like a, a bank robber in australia like he was like a notorious like bank robber like in in, yeah. in, in, in his country and like he did like i think he'd be like eight years or something like that in jail so like i'm pretty sure was nobody gonna tell him he was like hey i'm staying you know i'm staying <laughs> home i'm good and yeah that was it but yeah great great, great answer to the uh, the nathan jones question but uh, next segment we got Vince McMahon paying a little visit to Eric Bischoff uh as the Bischoff Press for his match against Stone Cold Vince Tells the uh self-proclaimed 8th degree black belt and karate king Eric Bischoff that he'll fire anyone who gets involved in the match um Jeremy who who's more plugged than the WWE bro that that that's like can, can, can just get any appearance they want Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett but it seems like both can secure any TV spot at any time or, or always get called up.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent that they can just. When Bischoff showed up on Raw the other week, it was like, "This man, you know who it really is. You know, what, it's Conrad. Whatever. If Conrad <laughs> wants these people uh, on these shows, because I mean, that's what he took the pic, the picture of, of Bischoff backstage in the, in the catering and yeah. stuff. And Jarrett's on there. Who, who's else Conrad does podcasts with it, besides everybody?" Uh, that's good. Jim Ross is just going to show up on, on WWE. Vince is going to humiliate him one more time. <laughs> and Conrad's going to be blamed for that. Like if, if they want, if Conrad wants you there, then you'll, you'll just show up. This man's got a stranglehold on all of right. He's going to, he's going to be running for the next couple of years. <laughs> That's who Vince is really selling to.
0: Hey, hey John, did you like, when, when you look back at, it, did you enjoy Eric Bischoff's uh, 10 years raw general manager? Do you think he was like, probably one of the ones that stood out the most uh, over the past, you know, two decades really as a, as an on-screen GM.
1: Oh, Bischoff for, for all of his like flaws, like booking and the way he handled the end of WCW and stuff like on-screen personality, man was always gold, always Mm -hmm. gold as like an on-screen personality. So he, he did great with the, the raw, the raw GM stuff. And he came up with the elimination chamber and raw roulette, Mm -hmm. everything like that. But I, I have always enjoyed Bischoff as like an on-screen personality
0: yeah yeah and, and we're now heading into brock lesnar and uh chris benoit versus team angle uh sheldon Benjamin, charlie Haas, and kurt angle edge was attacked backstage like we mentioned uh the story uh going into the matches that uh lesnar and benoit opted to not pick another partner so they went to a two-on-three uh jeremy i had saw you tweet this out last night so i'm gonna sort of let you take the reins on this you were very very <laughs> impressed by brock lesnar's performance and i i, I like dude let i i think i can only sum it up with like three words but lesnar can go with anybody i know that was like five words but like i mean lesnar can go lesnar can go bro
1: (laughs) brock like there's this bump in this match he's on the apron and he gets knocked off yes (laughs) he flies into like the entrance way he like completely jumps over the little ringside area and just falls into the front of the entrance this man like say what you will about his booking over the years. And there's a lot to say about it. It, It's not always very good, but like when he is in the ring and or or on the mic or just on television in, in a match or a segment, the man is just gold, like absolute gold. And like, again, his booking, he should probably say some stuff. He's not going to, because Brock's just like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want me to do, just, just pay me and then pay me double. But like, (laughs) as far as the performer goes, this man is an all-timer yes, as a performer. He, he can is. bump, he can sell, his his everything looks crisp on offense. Like this was just that he was bumping his ass off. And then when he gets the hot tag, he's running wild, uh hitting clothes suplexing everybody around. Like just an all-time, all-time performer. He can still do this stuff today. Uh, I mean, the I think he's gonna bump his ass off for Lashley at Rumble. Oh, he was yeah. bumping like crazy in that, that five man for Lashley. So mm. Dude, he's an all-time performer as as far as just like in ring on television kind of stuff. There ain't too many better th- than Brock.
0: Yeah, no you, you want to know what, but Like I see 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 what Brock is like. I, I I I think that I I don't think anybody could ever say that Brock is a bad wrestler or no no. Like I I think that to, to even say something like that is, is foolish. Like I, there there are some booking stuff that I, I don't agree with. Like. Even with uh, you know, most recently at at day one, man, I don't think that Biggie should have took the pin in that. I think that they could have pinned anybody else to sort of get Biggie and out, like to sort of want a rematch for the title. But you know, it is what it is at this point. Can't change it now. Um, even though I think that you know, I wish things would have went a little bit different. But you know, it it is what it is. I guess. Uh, no. Hopefully, hopefully that man Biggie bounced back in the Rumble. But yeah, with Brock, it's like um. Like I, I don't think anybody could ever see and say that he's a bad wrestler. Like he is a uh, truly an an all time performer. And like you, you mentioned that uh that that bump he took off the off the off the ring apron. Like I, if anybody, I, I highly advise it. Like you go watch this pay per view. Like and you see that spot, you would be very impressed. Like this dude flew like literally to the like that Jeremy mentioned to the uh, to, to to the ramp. Like and it, it was it was hella impressive. And he was you know doing this match that doing a whole lot of power moves, man. Just like displaying like crazy amount of strength. Um. And yeah, man, Brock, Brock was just impressive um, in, in, in this match overall. Uh, but but somebody else, man, who I've always been impressed with, I know who you always been impressed with as well, Sheldon Benjamin. And it, it I, I think it's like really um, honestly, but I think it's a shame that Sheldon never won any of the world titles. Like I, I, I thought that there was a chance that he could win the big goal. I definitely think that there was a chance, but especially when he was doing the um the gold standard persona, I felt like that was like a perfect you know little segue or like just. You, you know, like two, two, two things that you could sort of mix together, man. But Sheldon is a, 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 along with Brock, I think Sheldon is an all-time, um all, all-time performer, all-time athlete. Like Sheldon has done some great things in his career outside of WWE, man. But like Jeremy, I'm pretty sure you, you've seen it. This is not it. It's not the first time either of us has said it's not the first time either of us has seen it. Like Sheldon could have been so much more in in, in WWE, man.
1: Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Shelton had, all the tools in ring wise, people are going to knock him for his personality yeah. and stuff. But there's like there's ways around that stuff, especially when he was with Angle. Like you said, the the gold standard stuff. You can pair him with somebody. Paul Heyman was around. Just give him, give him Heyman, and, and and you know have Heyman cut promos and stuff for him. There's ways around this stuff to accentuate the positives, hide the weaknesses. They never did it. They tried when they would give him like intercontinental title runs and whatnot. But Shelton was he's still just just a top-notch performer and yeah. ring. yeah he should have he should have had more a lot of guys at this time should have <laughs> had more but the the guy the guy in our next matchup was like nah i'm holding this for <laughs> as long as i want it and maybe you'll get a a, a a short little run here but then i'm getting it back i'm, I'm, pretty about, quickly. To say, I'm
0: about to say he getting it right back but uh yeah. in, in, in this match jeremy uh charlie haas uh I think he had a solid performance. He Charlie's back in wrestling full time. He's in impact wrestling. How, how cool is it to see uh Ch- Charlie back in the game on a consistent basis?
1: It's good to to see him back and healthy. I mean, you you saw those photos that came out. I think it was yeah. last year or or the year before, where he just he did not look good at all. And he said like he he was actually kind of healthy at that time. He just he'd been a, he'd been away for a while and he just he didn't look good. But now he's starting to to look more like himself again and mm he's healthy and it's good. And he's back in wrestling and it seems like it's a good thing. And, you know, he says he wants to coach and do producing work as well. And I think Charlie Haas still has like a, a good mind for the business. He can oh, yeah. certainly help out in, in a lot of ways in a lot of different companies. So good on him. I hope he can just continues, continues to, you know, go down, go down a good path. And he is able to help some companies.
0: For sure. And, and uh, at the conclusion of this match, uh, Ben Wild tapped out Charlie. And uh, before Charlie tapped out, Brock was able to hit an F5, on to Kurt Angle to signify whoops to come one month later at WrestleMania 19 where Brock would defeat Kurt for the WWE title at WrestleMania uh, in, the, in the main event. And uh, next up, Jeremy, as you alluded to, Triple H versus Scott Steiner for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to let you sort of take the reins on this one because I, I, I just got to <laughs> hear your take. But I, I just want to say just to start off, this is a great video package. That's all I wanted to say. And then I'm going to let you take the reins from here, man. Yeah.
1: This is this reminds me of a lot of WWE nowadays, where like if you only watch the pay-per-views and just see like these video packages, you're like, man, this is like awesome stuff that they're doing. Like this is great. Like, you're really sold on this match and everything they've done on television. Like, if you watch the weekly television, you realize just how terrible (laughs) all of this stuff is. And that's what, what this video package is. Like, I watched this and I was like if you've only seen this, you're like, this is the greatest feud of all time. Like, I can't wait for this match. Like, oh, they've already wrestled once and this happened. They've done all this stuff on TV. Like, this is a blood feud right here. Yeah, let's go. And then if you watch the television at the time, you're like, this is this is horrible. <laughs> this match is going to suck. And I don't want to watch any of this. It's very similar to, to WWE nowadays. Uh, as far as this match goes, I will start with a positive. It was better than the Rumble match.
0: Oh, 100%. That is, that is
1: what I will say about that. <laughs> better than the rumble match is it's a little bit shorter. Um, and that, that's about the extent it's a little bit shorter. Steiner didn't really throw suplexes. It's very clear that he heard the criticism of like, Hey, all you did was suplexes in this mm-hmm. match, he's like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to throw any suplexes in this match. Cause he only threw a handful of them. Um, but then we get the, the, the Jeff Jarrett overbooking of the finish. <laughs> Neither guy looks like they want to be there. The crowd bless oh. the crowd, by the way, because they are, they're cheering for Triple H. And like, you're doing something wrong. If this crowd, any crowd is cheering for Triple H, who is just the most horrible person on screen and seemingly off screen at this time. If like you, if you're getting the crowd to cheer for Triple H, it's something, something is missing. There. They're they're chanting you screwed Brett at, at Earl Hebner. I think it was not only at Earl Hebner, it was also like they they cut to the uh there's a, there's this camera shot where somebody holds up like a big like Shawn Michaels sign, and you see like a portion of the crowd like turn to this sign chanting you screwed brett like at this sign. It's like where was this energy in the in the opening segment when Michaels <laughs> came out? But like this crowd does not care at all. They're just here to pop themselves, which bless them. Oh man, just a <laughs> god god awful match. And I don't even blame. I'm not the the biggest Triple H fan in the world. I think most of his world title runs sucked, especially around this time with the evolution stuff. I can't even blame Triple H for this because Steiner was just awful in, in all aspects during his during his WWE run. Just just a mess of a match, a mess of a of a title reign, a mess of a WWE run for for Scott Steiner. But the crowd popped themselves, and it was better than the Rumble.
0: Oh my goodness! What 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 a rat, Jeremy! What a rat. That, that, that was great. But but I I think uh I think at this time H was dealing with like a groin injury. I I think that was what the tape was around his um around his thigh or some along those lines. Like he had something like on his yeah. leg area. Like I think he was dealing with some type of injury. And I know Scott. He I think he had been diagnosed before he got signed with WWE. He got diagnosed with drop foot or, or foot drop inside like the one of the two. And uh, it's like nerve damage or something along those lines. So you can kind of see like him, like the way he walks and stuff like that. Like it, it's like he be plants like real weird. So I think that can like impact like basic things like just how you walk. Um, like Andrew, and then, like, don't give excuses. No, 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 men. no, I'm, I'm not, no, 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 no I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm just i'm just i'm just throwing like little stuff in there like i uh, trust me the, the match was fucking terrible i'm I'm not saying that they, they, they had any excuses like and i mean even if you look at the, the the rumble match that shit was god awful so i'm not making excuses for the match i just want to add in that like i think both of them was like banged up and i, I don't think it would have been any better if they were healthy because i just think they just had two different styles and i think scott, scott was like past the physical prime of, of, of his career uh no slight on him but i just think he was like past that you know steiner era that, that a lot of people remember and uh were fond of but like the crowd started trying boring at him I, I think they did and that was uh that was kind of funny and i, I think um what triple h tried to push Earl Hebner. uh I, I of course i don't know if that was like initially a part of the the, the finish of the match but it like it seemed kind of random as hell so i feel like triple h just sort of did that to you know sort of get the crowd back into it a little bit um because it, it, it did just like come kind of come out of nowhere that he just started uh talking to earl but like Jeremy, when you look back like do you think there could have been anything that could have salvaged uh scott's um wwe run because like i think right after this or not too long not not right after this but like not not too long after i would say a couple months after he started a few tests over stacy keebler and like that they, they stretched that thing for like five six months like i feel like scott's run was just terrible in in uh, wwe
1: yeah they're they, they could have done different stuff the triple h match obviously that was going to hurt a lot of things they they certainly could have done things differently with him but steiner even at the end of WCW just kind of like was what he was from a, a physical perspective mm. and was just only going to do certain things. And he was, he was over in WCW because he could get on the mic and just say whatever he wanted, <laughs> and the, the crowd, the crowd popped for it. And like, there was just so many guys who weren't over in WCW that Steiner just like stood out with all of that stuff, much different story in, in WWE at this time. And then as far as Triple H's run at this time was just god-awful
0: the rain of the rain cosplay. of terror the rain yeah, of terror
1: just the the worst stuff the absolute worst stuff i think he was faking an injury by the way <laughs> i don't think he was actually hurt I, I think he faked it as as an excuse because uh i'm i'm looking i'm actually looking at triple H's cage match Uh-oh. i want to
0: see oh he him. took like he about to expose yep yep <laughs>
1: yep Look at this. He did. He took like a week off, so he, see, like he was wrestling all the house shows. Oh, He, put him he on the was breath wrestling breath. on television. <laughs>
0: he put him on the. Put yeah, him on the he, sound he of didn't screen. even take a week off. He just.
1: <laughs> no, this man was faking his th- this injury, so he could just taped it up to use it as an excuse. I'm sure i would like, oh, I was a champion. I had to wrestle and stuff." Man, no nobody's going to these raw house shows to watch you beat Booker T and Scott Steiner. <laughs> all right, no one, no one was there for your ass. Get out of here faking oh, yeah,
0: ass injury yeah, he, he just exposed triple h in the cage match damn damn hunter and i got, <laughs> ca- ca- can't believe he went out like that but of course Jeremy the finisher this match man um you know the whole evolution came down rick flair randy and the batista um you know they all came down to the ring and tried to help triple h uh scott's scott kind of took him out uh while Errol heaven was focused on them triple h went and got the uh, world heavyweight title hit scott and then hit the pedigree follow up on it uh I, I think i think he pinned scott out to the um after the, uh, the, the the title hit and then Scott kicked out of then he hit him with the pedigree. And then, you know, that was, yeah. uh, that, that, that was it. for uh, that, that was it. And Triple H continued his reign. And, you know, we had the, uh, the, 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 often spoken about match with Booker T when Triple H decided to take 40 seconds before he wanted to pin Booker T. So that was, uh, that, 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 that was, that was something. Um, yeah. And, and of course the infamous, uh, not only call it infamous that, you know, that promo that he did on Booker T when he decided to mention that Booker had a uh, but I think the term he used was nappy hair and, and, and all that t- type of phrasing and wording that he was using. uh, Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, as far as this Triple H reign of terror goes, this was complete, complete shit. It was terrible. The whole thing was. Um, And I see why a lot of people really do not look fondly on this. Did uh, this run that he had. Um, So we, we're just going to move past this, Jeremy. And uh, we're going we're to hopefully forget it and hopefully <laughs> don't uh, think too much about it uh, in the coming days. But uh, next up, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Eric Bischoff. Jeremy, as Eric Bischoff is walking to the ring, wrestlers are literally hosting a watch party and are laughing at him. <laughs> the- they are are hosting a little watch party in the back and i'm laughing at eric bischoff uh i love this video package um that they told me in the the story that was being there and and like you said jeremy it's probably one of those things where the video package was so good but the story was probably not all the way there as they played out on tv but the video package just made it seem like it was the greatest shit ever like eric bischoff um you know he, he he had an ultimatum and he had to get you know, I, I think I think Vince McMahon wanted him to to sort of shake things up on Raw, and the only thing that was sort of available at the time to do that was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, when, when it came time for for Vince McMahon to oh, for Eric Bishop to present these final results, he didn't have it. Vincent McMahon fired him, and lo and behold, Jr. came through for the save, and he was able to convince quote unquote convince Stone Cold to come back. Uh, uh, of course, this was Austin's comeback after he uh, walked away from WWE in two thousand and two. Um, Jeremy, what? a fucking reaction for stone cold from uh montreal
1: it was a yeah an all-time all-time pop for for austin like the crowd was hot all night and then you throw in steve austin who had been on tv for a a while and like this pop was always going to be pretty big and it certainly lived up to that hype by the way this video package this was just a burial of jr in a video <laughs> package. That's that's what this was. The man got a submit block kicked into his face, got punched in the stomach on a Raw segment. The whole storyline was you got 30 days to turn Raw around and was like, yeah. all right, gotta have Austin, gotta have Austin. And then Vince fires Bischoff and then he's about to introduce the new GM, which I, implied that it was Shane McMahon because that's who uh, stepped yeah. out of the limo. But Jim Ross comes out and Ross is like, Austin's gonna be a no way out. I got guarantees. Say, say, Vince, save the job. Yeah, Vince is like, <laughs> Oh, okay, Eric Bischoff here. Jim Ross should have been the general manager then. He's the one that got Austin, not Bischoff. Bischoff didn't show up. V- Bischoff didn't get him. Jim Ross should have had the general manager spot. Instead, not only does he not get the general manager spot, he gets his ass kicked by, by Eric Bischoff and humiliated on television. That's all this was. This was just another storyline to humiliate JR. It was never about getting Austin back. It was how can we fucking humiliate Jim Ross?
0: And then, of course, JR, JR was taking some... uh. Uh, I I think I think not too I think a year after this or sometime after this Jr was getting beat on by coach. So so he, so, so so then you go as far as Jim Ross's yes. uh his on screen career. Uh, but but Jeremy, I wanted to ask you something. Like, and I don't know if I'm thinking uh too too deep into it, and, and I'm pretty sure you uh you you can you can uh you know speak to it or not. But like, uh, I, you remember when Austin got that massive reaction at Raw twenty five? Yes. Do, do you think that that is a that that says a lot? Uh, in regards to the WWE product that there hasn't been, uh, there hasn't been many people. Although I don't think I, I probably, you probably list on probably on one hand of the amount of people that can generate the reaction that Stone Cold got that night. Like he, dude, when he came out that night, he smoked everybody. Like as far as reaction goes, like, and Austin hasn't been an active competitor at that point, you know, since 2003. Like when, when you look at that, like, do you think that says something about the WWE product that, you know, and even today, that you know, you got a talent like Austin or even Cena. You know that they come back and they man, they their reactions. And, and I mean, they're they're superstar level talents as far as like the popularity goes. But like, you you would think at some point there would be somebody you know outside of a Roman Reigns that would be able to generate like that type of reaction or, or at least somewhere near that type of reaction.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, this has been a WWE issue for for the longest time. Of they haven't elevated anybody to get these type of reactions I a lot of it is like they're gonna get the the nostalgia pop because it's Austin and it's Cena and, and guys like that but like these guys were actual superstars for their time and that's also why they they get uh the, these pops and like now nowadays like yeah if they bring back Roman in ten years he'll get these level pops oh yeah. Orton will probably get the, these level of pops as well like if he's been off television for a while and maybe some like some other guys will just get it because they'll hear the music and it's a nostalgia pop type of thing. But like right now, when you're in the bubble, like, I think New Day, New Day would get it. But like right now, when That's you're true. like in in the bubble of like, man, if this music hits in ten years, is the crowd gonna care like at all about these guys? And for the most part, I'm thinking like probably not. And yeah, the the legends always get the the bigger pops from. Compared to a lot of guys nowadays, the problem nowadays is like just no one's getting any type of pop at all. It's not even like oh, they're not getting a bigger pop than a returning Austin or a returning Cena or anything. It's like they just didn't get anything. Crowd is dead for most of the stuff. That's why they're still piping in crowd noise while fans are actually back.
0: I think you made a, 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 some some very good points. I think that WWE they do have an issue with um, like, but I, I I think even back then, Jeremy, like even a couple years ago, I think w, people a lot of people. Um, including yourself, with even like tweeting out stuff about like WWE. They need to be focusing on like some of their current, you know, cur- current guys who are on the roster now, and like sort of stop worrying about you know bringing back some of the people, you know, and, and basically start relying on those people and like sort of get out of the habit of relying on those people because you want to be able to, you know, generate you you know the, the, the sort of your next crop and and you know I think that's sort of in relation to what they're doing with uh, NXT 2.0 in in a way or or maybe you know that's sort of the direction they want to go is like. Uh, I mean, it could be two different things, but like I i think that's sort of somewhat in line with what they're trying to do. Like they want to sort of "quote unquote," as they say, build the next, you know, the, the next generation of stuff like that. So, um yeah, yeah. But but when you when you see Austin come out, man, and he gets these reactions, and like it just like blows everybody else out of the water. It's like, dude, like at, at, at some point you you got to take away the fact that Austin is like this just massive superstar, and just like realize that like we literally have nobody on this active roster right now who can. Get close to that reaction. And, and I mean, i mean from a 2018 perspective, and I think you hit a fair point when you said, uh, when you said Roman, when he comes back and you know, having many years, you know, Randy, uh, will probably get that type of reaction. New Day, uh, likely, very likely will end up getting that type of reaction. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a situation of them, like, and I'm talking about from this point or, or, uh, from that 2018 perspective, uh, as we're referring to the Raw 25, it's just a situation of them needing to, um, you know lock, lock in um as far as like the the next people that's going to be leading the company for the next that they, they're, they're going to be hoping to lead the company for the next five to ten years and stuff like that uh but but yeah Austin and uh Eric Bischoff um Jeremy this this match is pretty uh you know cutting uh plain 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 cutting dry and stuff like that I don't, I don't know I don't even know if that was the right phrase but I said it anyway I hope don't don't cor- don't don't correct me no nobody's listening to this don't you dare correct me um but but yeah, Austin pretty much had him beat from the get go. Um, you know, Austin was just toying with him the whole time. You know, he had him, you know, st- stunned him a couple of times. and was just lifting his hand off the mat and you know, popping the crowd. You know, giving the crowd a little bit uh more more than what they probably expected from the match. Eric Bischoff got literally, I don't think any offense in. He got a he got, I think got some orange juice thrown in his face. Um, I think the most Eric Bischoff did he's probably swung at Austin or tried to throw a kick or something like that, and that was and that, that was it jerry, jerry i was losing this shit on commentary watching every bitch get beat after he my had, god think he had a what was it a cinder block put through his head or brick yeah yeah he, yeah. he one of those put through his head um and then of course jeremy little did we know that austin uh you know he, he would be gone only a month later uh you know permanently and 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 I, I wanted to ask you and of course uh austin won the match and you know he went back went back to the ring and, you know uh gave the crowd a big send off it was a it it, it, it was a i think i think it was good for what it was you know austin's big comeback you know that they, they, they didn't toy around with it or like um you know have any, like have any chance of eric bischoff having any fight he, eric bischoff went and they got the shit beat out of him and that was you know that that, that, that was it but jeremy uh when, when you look at steve austin now I, I think what is austin like 54 55 or something like that around, around that age um do you think that the the, the saudi sports authority have enough money to bring Stone Cold back for one more, like, do you do you do you, do you even think it's, it's possible at this point? Or do you think Austin is one of those guys, that's like I'm done, like that's it? Like, do he he been out since 2003?
1: Yeah, I think Austin, he's done and, and he's been done. He'll come back and get the the stunner pop and everything like that. But I feel like if it was gonna happen, it would have happened by mm-hmm. now because like they've been throwing around that Saudi money for years, so. <laughs> it was going to happen, they probably tried to toss in that money beforehand. And now as every year passes, like he's getting older and he's yeah. just not going to be moving as well. And I think Austin, he, unlike unlike like, I'm like, uh, Shawn Michaels actually like cares about his legacy and doesn't just want to go back there and turn mm-hmm. in some half-assed match because just, just for the money that that man is set when it comes to money and keep doing his, his, interviews. He's got all his other, uh, gimmicks going on and stuff like he's set in that regard. I don't I don't think he wants to come back and like, all right, let me just do this half-assed match. It's like his last match against the rock. And, and say mm. what you will about that match. It's not like peak stone cold or anything, but like right. as a spectacle, as a story, as a bow on a career, that's a really, really great last match. Like Michaels may have had it topped with the Undertaker match until he decided to just uh, the money was more important. But like Austin, he really has it that that is a peak, all right, I'm done kind of match. Type of thing, and he can still come back and get the big pops and everything. It's, it's something about that, but like, man, I would if I'm Stone if I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin, I'm not trying to ruin that by doing some stupid Saudi match with God knows who that just isn't Ziggler. Isn't gonna, <laughs> Ziggler at least sell his ass off yeah. for it? Like Z-Z-Z- Ziggler would actually actually be really good to to do something with because yeah, Ziggler he'll do a double backflip off of the stunner and just to just to top the rock. Uh, but I don't think Austin <laughs> wants to to ruin. To, to ruin that last match. It, again, if I'm him, I wouldn't want to step on that because that is a great bow on that career.
0: Yeah, I, I think you hit it perfectly. And like, even with, uh, with, with, you know, continue speaking about Austin, I, I think the fact that, you know, the, the reason why a lot of people found it so special, found it so special is because nobody really knew except, except for his, like, his core group of people within the wrestling industry that he was done at that night. So I, I think that sort of means something special to him. Like the fact that, I mean, everybody knows it was his last match now, but I mean, like, at the time, I think he said that only like him, Jim Ross, uh, and I, I think Vince may, maybe knew, and, and The Rock knew that that, that was going to be his last match. So like I, I think for yeah. him to have that special you know moment and have that group of people, I think that's you know that, that that's something solid that could stick with him you know, you know for the, for the rest of his lifetime. But like you said, like I I think you made a fair point. Like I think if they would have tried to, it, it, I, I think if anything, if they, they would have tried to convince Austin to come back, it'd probably have been at WrestleMania Thirty Two in Dallas like if, it, if there was like any time like for them to like really try to convince him to like hey man let's do this it would have probably been that so uh you know and, and I'm I'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure you you probably think the same thing he'll probably end up appearing at this year's Wrestlemania at some point I don't think he's gonna wrestle oh, yeah, but like it is there's no question he'll show up um in, in, in Texas but the main event Jeremy as, as we wrap up this podcast we have the rock versus real, Ter- real
1: quickly real quickly uh real Jim Ross's reaction to all of this, yes. he's calling it like Austin just won the title. He's doing sound Cold, Stone Cold, Stone Cold. Dude, even Coachman and Cole and Taz are cracking up Ooh. over this. Like, bless Jim Ross. This man was very, he was letting out some like excitement over watching Eric Bischoff just get his ass kicked in this fake match here because. <laughs> oh, this man was just way over the top on everything to the point where the other announcer's like, Jim, you got to calm your ass down from from this. But that stood out to me with Jim Ross just going, he's standing up and cheering and Coachman like, what are you doing? And he's like, everybody else is standing up. Why can't I stand up? He was ready to punch Jonathan Coachman for questioning why he would stand up during this ass kicking.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jim Ross was like, I came here to see another man whip another man's ass. y'all <laughs> J- 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 was into it, man. And like that, that funny part you mentioned with Coach was like, Jay, you gotta calm down. He was like, It's $15,000 in his standing. Why the hell can I stand? Like and, 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 and then everybody else, uh Ross and uh I mean Coachman and Lawler stood up with him, man. And you know, Colin, um Taz gave him a little shout out after I I I think Taz has said the Taz mention something about did, did he say like decaf or something like that, like something along those lines. It was something yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <It was like, laughs>
1: Taz and Cole are like trying to throw to the video package for, for Rock and Hogan, and they're just they cannot keep a straight face on this. They are cragging up at JR's reaction. Oh man. Plus Jim Ross. This man, he was excited. He is excited for this match. If nothing else, Jim Ross brought that energy for this that made you feel like this was the most important thing ever and not just what it was supposed to be, with Austin just coming in and, and kicking the shit out of Eric Bischoff. But oh, just Jim Ross, no one finds you someone who loves you as much as Jim Ross loves Stone Cold Steve
0: Austin. <laughs> For sure, man, definitely a great moment right there from Jr. Man. But as we wrap it up, Jerm, main event, The Rock versus Terry Belair, Uh or, or as uh, some some credence around these, uh, some creatures around this world call him <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Um, but yeah, uh, to, to follow up on that match from WrestleMania 18, um, you know, gotta gotta give him credit. I, I don't I don't think the match was good, but I'm saying the, the crowd. Made that match, uh, you know. I, I I feel like this word is overused a bit, but the the crowd did make this match a spectacle that WrestleMania 18 match. So you know, credit to the Rock. I I, I give Terry Bollea no credit around these parts, but uh, you know, he 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 was in the match though. So you know, it is what it is. Um, but <laughs> but but Jeremy, this this version of the Rock is probably one of my favorite characters. Like as far as his version goes, like I always like the theme, the presentation, the cockiness. Like I, I've always enjoyed this version of Hollywood Rock. It's a shame that it didn't last long. I mean, maybe it's because The Rock had to go away, you know, but I, I feel like this was always, um, you, you know, one of his best stretches as far as, like, you know, character-wise and just re- re- really doing the job that he was supposed to do which to make people dislike him. Um, And, you know, as we sort of, you know, I I don't think there was, like, much. Um, well, well, I'm going to make sure I, I ask you first, but, like, do you think there was anything uh within this match that sort of stood out to you or, or that was different from their previous matchup before we uh, go into the finish and how things turned out?
1: Uh, as far as like the, this match and the, and the the previous match, I really I, I rewatched the the previous match, the, the WrestleMania match, not too long ago, and yeah, it's not the the most technical great match, but like the crowd is into it, like the yeah. magnitude of these two men. I I ain't a a, a Terry fan as you call them <laughs> <him>. uh, <laughs> Like I, I'm not gonna lie, like I grew up on Hulk Hogan, I loved Hulk Hogan, right? And, ain't it, ain't it. No, and then Robert, once I, yeah. I Yeah. Once I learned more about him, I'm like, all right, fuck this dude. Uh, But the magnitude of those two men in the the same ring together was, was something spectacular, especially at at WrestleMania and everything. And this one like didn't quite have that magnitude for, for obvious reasons, but like the crowd was still, still into it. And the rock with the, the biggest thing that honestly stood out to me besides the rock, just being just an all time, all time, great performer. uh, His, his entrance music, which was the the debut of the Hollywood rock theme, I forgot how bad it was originally because I'm used to it does the little helicopter thing and then it's the the very yeah. whispered like is cooking
0: that's so thing. cool
1: that was cool. <laughs> this one he's like doing the catchphrases and stuff in the middle of it and it's really bad. Like, yeah. I can see why they changed it. I feel like The Rock didn't hear this entrance music beforehand. He came out, and then he heard it, and he's like, why are my catchphrases just, like, randomly thrown into this song? It ruins mm-hmm. everything. And, like, it took away from, like, the, the persona and the entrance to me, and then he just got backstage, and he didn't even care about the match and how that played off. He's like, we got to change that entrance <laughs> music right now. That was what, how, how it played out in my head. Um, but Hollywood Rock, I'm with you. Just – I love any type of the Hollywood character. Like I, I rewatched some Hollywood Rock stuff after this match and that transitioned me into rewatching some Hollywood Batista stuff and just yeah. just <laughs> some top-notch level stuff from from both men. I love that character. John Cena, if he if he wasn't uh, a bitch made, he would come back into a Hollywood <laughs> Cena type of role. He won't do it. He's got to keep playing John Cena, but he should totally do do that heel turn and just be Hollywood Cena. It'd be great.
0: For sure, man. I, and uh yeah, with, with, with the rock, I, I definitely think you. Uh, what was as far as this theme song goes, like that, that that shit was kind of weird. Like I, I, I've seen this show before, but like I, I don't know, it, it like really stuck out to me this time when I heard like him doing "Oh, if you smell," like it, it was just it was just like weirdly placed within this theme yeah. song. Like it, 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 shit was just weird. So I'm, I'm glad they definitely changed that up. Uh, but, but the finish it is match Jeremy Hulk Hogan almost had the rock beat him with the leg drop, um, and then the lights went out. Ooh, and, and, and the referee for the match was a uh, Sylvain Granier, who uh who, who we know as a former member of La Resistance um where, where Rene Dupree and Rob Conway uh Ma- Montreal's own um but but yeah uh, when the lights come back on Vinny Mack comes from behind the curtain and he is the mastermind <laughs> behind this and you, you hear Cole emphasizing in the commentary uh this is a screw job and constantly saying it's a screw job like we get it we get it <laughs> we get it and, and uh Yeah, uh, Sylvain Grandier, who was – when when the lights got back on, Sylvain Grandier was laid out, uh, quote-unquote laid out. And then when Hulk Hogan turned his attention to Vince McMahon, who was on the uh, entrance ramp, Sylvain slid the Rock a chair. Rock knocked him out and then got the win. And they all stood together in unison. Sylvain, the Rock, and Vince McMahon, as a unified front, raised each other's hands in the ring. And then uh, Vince McMahon uh, told the Rock and Sylvain to go ahead and go to the back. He has – he can control the rest of the situation. He bloodied up Hulk, uh, beat him down, and that led to uh, their match at WrestleMania 19. Uh, Jeremy, what do you think about the uh, the the finish of this match? It, it, it Everybody really like the crowd was just like, all right, what, what the fuck is going on?" Like it was like, "Okay, is this like like like, like, what, like, what, like, what, like what like what like what like what?" Basically, it was just like they were just like it, it seemed like the crowd was like into it, but like it was like like a weird thing where they just like, "Okay, this seems this just seems like so random." Like who the fuck is the referee? Like was like what's going on around here?
1: Yeah yeah the crowd they they were into it because it's the rocket and Hogan, right, and like the rock bless him he was doing doing what he could for this, but Hulk could barely move, and he's just out there he's trying to be Hulk Hogan and do his his terrible punches and mm-hmm. you know limping around and looking like he's try just trying not to fall over and everything um and then they did a Montreal screwjob finish, like, oh cool, we're in Montreal. And come on, come on now. Like they, they did it in 97. They did it the next year, at 98 Survivor Series. They run it back here because they're in Montreal. I'm sure they did it a couple times in between. And the Rock, unfortunately, like this whole thing was just for Hogan and McMahon. And so like Rock leaves afterwards and McMahon continues the stuff with Hogan. It's like, man, I don't need these two 50 year olds fighting to, to close this pay-per-view. Not when you got the friggin' mm. Rock out there in the, in the main event, but Rock tried he was it was circumstantial that he had a terrible opponent who couldn't move, and then terrible booking with hey, let's do a Montreal screw job thing. And I'm not even sure as far as like, like they did the big pose with Granier and Rock and and McMahon to to harken back to uh, Survivor Series '98 when when Rock won the title and everything. Mm. And like I know Rock transitioned into the feud with Austin. I don't know what came came of Granier after this. I don't remember, but it was just. They, they, it was all to set up rock or not rock uh mcmahon and hogan and like look th- that wrestlemania match was much better than it had any right to be because they they smoke and mirrored it but yeah. just uh yeah, it was it, it it wasn't good it wasn't good <laughs> but the rock just just an all-time man
0: the, the the rock is definitely the man and uh as we put a bow on this podcast jeremy i want to thank you for uh, taking the time to do this you and i have been very cool very tight been very close friends uh like a brother to me for the past what five five years I believe I, I think it's been I can't believe that much time has passed um you know I just want to oh give God. you your flowers want to give you your flowers real quick man I appreciate you for always being so supportive of me you know always showing love always you know looking out for me bro I always appreciate that uh, you a good dude you do excellent excellent fucking work one of the best news writers out there um you, you do great work with your youtube channel uh see so you going at i think uh the, with, with the distraction podcast that you and joe put on all-time great podcast that you guys did um you guys always put a lot of work into that and, and to see you sort of um it's gonna be cool to see you develop the fight for overbooked youtube channel With people should people should go subscribe to that's gonna be in the links um all jeremy's links is twitter is uh everything you can find jeremy on uh, is a link to his written where his, his written portfolio is going to be uh it was going to be linked in the description um, of, of this podcast um, on, on the post wrestling site. But yeah, Jeremy, I just want to tell you, thank you, bro, for always showing love. You a great dude. Um, I'd have seen you, you know, hit the high I seen you uh, like hit some really high points, man. And i have seen you make your way uh, out of some low points as well. So, you know, it's been really cool to see you, Uh, you, you know, just do your thing, man, and shine as you, as, as you really should, because you work for everything you got. So I'm proud of you, bro. And I appreciate you for always showing me love. And I just want to get your flowers on air and uh you owe me a game of 2k as well because we've we been planning that shit for like three years so we 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 must make this happen at some point but yeah again bro i appreciate you 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 know me and you we 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 always rock so yeah i just want to give your flowers publicly on air because you know me and you we talk like all the fucking time anyway or at least like a couple times a week so yeah just want to make sure we got that out there publicly uh you know we we, we we try to act like we don't do this shit every time uh we get on the podcast together but yeah so yeah i, I appreciate you bro <laughs>
1: You know, you know it's always awkward when when you uh you know you praise me and then we're, we're both very awkward at, at accepting compliments. Um, so I appreciate it anytime anytime you message me like, hey, can like. Can, can we do this? Like, you free? I'm like, all right, I, whatever you need, Andrew. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll watch this show tonight. Whatever you need from me, buddy, I, I got you. I'm there. You were, you were forever my goat. I would not be at the the position that I'm at without you because you taught me so much about just like searching, gathering, work ethic be, being the biggest thing. Cause I saw, I saw you. See, now it's my turn to praise you and for you to feel awkward. Uh, cause I saw the way when you, you were still in college and everything, the way you would work on stuff. I was like, man, if Andrew can do this stuff, like, With all the stuff that he's going on, like I got no excuses. So, so I got to do that. And that's how I'm still with it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm in a healthy relationship, got four kids and stuff. I was like, get out of here, kids. I got, I got to listen to this (laughs) Drew McIntyre interview. I listen to this third one in a week. All right. Like the, the work ethic is, is the main thing. That that you taught me on top of everything else, and like I'm just trying to trying to keep pace with you because because you are the goat in that regards. The interviews that you do, just 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 everything, and I'm so proud of you and everything you've been able to do at Post uh and since. Unfortunately, leaving me, they had to split us. Man, they were still <laughs> If we were still together, we'd just be winning all the titles, eighty-two and zero all season, and like just just all these other sites would shut down when we overthrow these canadians then then we're going to shut down wrestling media and it'll just be us uh but i appreciate you more than anything andrew you were yeah, you've inspired me so much and I, and i'm so proud of you and so appreciated uh so appreciative of you and i appreciate you you having me on on uh the show here and can can i make an announcement it'll already be announced by the time this comes out but technically this is a scoop for you andrew let's all do right. it you ready? let's do
0: it let's do it all right.
1: Uh, Yes. Unfortunately, the the distraction has ended. I love Joseph. Everyone check that out at late night grin.com what he's doing over there. Uh, But my new show is with Steven Jensen Tuesdays, Already, sorry, I'm already screwing things up. Thursdays, 2 o'clock on YouTube.com. It's called The Spotlight. And what we're doing over there is we're going to talk about WWE, AEW, Other, which is kind of New Japan, Impact, uh, things like that, that are, aren't quite indies, but aren't AEW, WWE. And then we are going to talk about indies like GCW, uh, different type of stuff like Warrior Wrestling, any any type of indie show that I'm talking about. Stuff out. like
0: that. Yeah. What's that? The terminus and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like Steven Jensen watches all of this stuff. This, this yeah. man watches all of the indies and everything. So we're going to take one thing that stood out for, for us during the week. We're not going to you know, do all encompassing type things like it could be a match, it could be a segment, it could be a news item, something that stood out from these companies to us. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to spotlight that. so So to speak, because we want to talk more about like the other and the indies on, on the, the FIFA channel because a lot of, a lot of it is WWE and aew centric and we want to try to you know educate the people a little bit more. On top of that, we're gonna have a, a content creator on slash a, a wrestling media personality on and try to spotlight them and, and you know give give them some, some time to shine and tell us tell let them tell our audience like what they do, where they can find them, things like that. And again, try to try to spotlight we have a, a great platform over at Fightful and we want to try to to quote unquote spotlight more people and, and try, you know, rising tides, raise all ships, isn't that the, the quote? So we want to do that. We want to get the word out about different promotions different things that maybe people aren't checking out different content creators different personalities that maybe people haven't heard of or haven't seen enough of their stuff so that's that's my uh new venture again that's thursdays two o'clock with steven jensen and this is the first time anybody is hearing about it Ah. uh by the time everybody does listen to this podcast it'll already be out but andrew technically you could tweet this out right now and scoop my own scoop uh but I appreciate appreciate everybody who who supports uh, myself and everything I do at Fightful. Appreciate Andrew and, and the Post guys. John John's always been very cool to me. Anytime I've messaged him, so uh, all, everything you guys are doing at Post is, is really good stuff. And I appreciate you so much, Andrew.
0: No, nah, much much love, Jeremy. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the Spotlight Show with yourself and Stephen Jensen. Everybody, go make sure to check that out. There will be links in the description of this uh of the, of the on the homepage of Post Wrestling for this uh for this podcast. We're gonna make sure to have Jeremy's Twitter um his, his uh, you know his youtube channel the fight for overbook youtube channel and you will be able to catch all of his content like he said on thursdays i'm very much looking forward to that and to seeing who you guys have on and hear the conversation that you guys are having um there, there it is man everybody go support the man like i just said this is episode 16 of the bush b and thompson's wrestling adventure podcast here on postwrestling.com the first episode of 2022 uh, i'm signing off from Jer- signing off for jeremy lambert and for myself and we are out peace